Day. Happy WCW, we celebrate women today. so much thank you for tuning in i don't know where you are in the world but i certainly appreciate it well it's good morning for me i know for some of you it's good afternoon good night thank you thank you thank you what more can i say it is a pleasure for me to be able to do this for you yeah you know we're going to be listening to some music sung by women today taking you back in the day some oldies but goodies and we've kicked it off with diana ross coming up we're going to have some madonna blondie gloria Gaynor, and more keep it locked don't mind me if you hear me croaking through some of these songs they're just so you know, happy for me, happy songs, make you feel good. And all my abilities, there's so much more to me. <laughs> 
You know, I got, I'm going to read this prayer that was sent to us uh, in a group chat. Thank you, Javette. Thank you so much. First morning prayer of the month, February 1st, 2023. Dear God, I come before you today with a grateful heart. Thank you for this beautiful day. And at the same time, thank you for protecting me throughout the month of January. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given me. It is by your kindness and grace that I'm able to go through each and every day. Lord, we are now ready to face this month. Lord, may you fill this day with love and answered prayers. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take this one back from the top. Yes, it's Madonna like a prayer. Thank you, Javette. And I think I'm going to let us start doing this the first of every month. So, Javette, you know what you got to do. <laughs> Have time to squeeze in one more. Blondie, heart of glass. 
Thank you so much to everyone tuned in, listening online on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. And of course, thank you to my Clubhouse family. We're going to get started in a little bit. Madonna, gotta cut you short. Yeah, we're gonna get into this news. <laughs> and of course, we have the headlines coming right up. One cup of coffee. 
Good morning to all our listeners around the world logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And good morning to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. We are at the beginning of a new month. It is also hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today through music. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee Until World News on the Go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on TikTok, Moments With Me Media on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, Me Media Moments. And the mean everything is am I? <laughs> and here are the headlines we have coming up for you today. Out of the Caribbean corner, man fines $7,000 for marrying an Antiguan while already having a wife in Trinidad. Barbados retains position as least corrupt Caribbean state. Out of Belize, high court judges handed tax-free salary increase out of Grenada, NIS contribution rate increase in Guyana, University of Guyana to confer an honorary doctorate on Black Panther star Letitia Wright. Insight Kitts and Nevis, their first female governor general to take office today. Yay! Out of Trinidad and Tobago, SWRHA investigating Princess Town Healthcare Center after death of twins. Uh, out of Jamaica, motorists are now only allowed hands-free use of cell phones starting today. We're going to have these stories and more out of the Caribbean corner. In Latin America, I'm 7,000. Not sure what just happened. In Latin America, new earthquake recorded in the Dominican Republic. The U.S. announces process for Cubans and Haitians to visit in an orderly way. In international news, Bangladesh to get $4.7 billion IMF package. U.K. government facing a high court battle over arms sales to Saudi Arabia. In news out of North America, uh, from the White House, Kamala Harris will attend Tyree Nichols' funeral. And Fed says that 22 practicing Georgia nurses paid Florida school $15,000 for fake diplomas. Those stories and more. Business and tech news. Apple has infringed on worker rights. I don't need chief in the room while we're reading this. <laughs> That's according to investigators from NLRB. Uh, Instagram's founders are back with a new app, huh? And as mass layoffs spread, tech workers are flocking to this app. AI can lead to employment discrimination. What to do about it? Yeah, that is up for debate. In health and science news, your child's academic success may start with their screen time as infants, and that's according to a study. We're going to have those stories and, of course, always great conversation coming right up. Here's a little bit more music. Uh, we're going to kick off with, uh, what's her name? Who's heard this one in a minute? It's been a minute for me. L let me say this. Gloria Gaynor. I love this song. But then I spent so many nights thinking how 
You know, I want to piggyback on something Rosolo said last night on her show, on the Rosolo show. As I'm listening to the song, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, it is bringing back, you know, the conversation or the nuggets she shared last night. And we need to learn to let go. Let go of relationships that don't serve us. Let go of jobs that don't seek to benefit us. Let go of friendships that are one-sided. Let go of all the baggage that you're carrying in life. Because these things weigh us down. And really and truly, why are you holding on to them? What are you so afraid of? If someone isn't going to love you, let them go. You can't force someone to love you. You can't force yourself to love someone. Love should be natural. Right? As it relates to job and jobs and employment, do what makes you happy. I'm sure many of you have heard the saying, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So that's the word for today. Let go. Thank you, Rosolo, for the nuggets from last night. And thank you, Gloria Gaynor, for this song, I Will Survive. You will survive no matter what obstacle you're facing. Everything is only for but a time. Remember that nothing lasts forever. But you have to be intentional and you have to be conscious. You have to want to change the trajectory of your life. Nobody can do it for you. We can tell you everything you need to do. We can show you all the things you need to do. But ultimately, it comes down to you. All right. So that's my little spiel for this morning. somewhere to be at the bottom of the hour you have five minutes to get there but i needed to get there safely we're gonna get started in a little bit gonna squeeze in uh this is madonna right now but i'm gonna squeeze in another one yeah and then we'll get started keep it locked it 
It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today through music right here on Coffee Until World News on the Go. This is what we do every Wednesday. We celebrate women. I'll say this ladies don't wait for anybody to celebrate you celebrate your damn self look in the mirror yeah love yourself for men that have daughters nieces sisters mothers aunts show them some love Teach them to love themselves by the way you love them, right? You don't have to say anything. It's all in the action. I can say this in 30 seconds or less before we get started this is supposed to be and yes I know I said supposed to be but this is supposed to be Black History Month every day is Black History if you ask me but what I would love to see happen this month February the month of love because there's also Valentine's Day is that there is no black on black crime that's all I'm asking for that's my wish that we will show each other love this month and if we start with this month we'll be able to carry it over to next month that when we look at our brother or our sister we will see ourselves and if we say we will never harm ourselves well then we hope that we won't harm the person we're looking at let's operate from a place of love all right, we're going to go ahead and get started. It is time for us to kick it off in the Caribbean corner. 
our first story, we head on over to Antigua. Uh, man fined $7,000 for marrying an Antiguan while already have a, having a wife in Trinidad. He about that life. <laughs> I guess he forgot which country he lived in, right? And that certain things are a no-no. Can't do that, my friend. You cannot do that. So let's get into the story courtesy of AntiguaNewsroom.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. A man who committed an act of bigamy, being married to two women at the same time, was recently sentenced and fined for the offense. Michael Jr. Wong appeared before High Court Justice Anne Marie Smith on January 27 on a charge of bigamy to which he pleaded guilty. The judge imposed a fine of $7,000 to be paid on or before April 28. If Wong fails to pay the sum, he will be imprisoned for one year. Wong, who was married to a woman in Trinidad, is reported to have moved to Antigua and married another woman whom he had dated for less than a month. Allegations are that while he was dating the local woman, he told her that he had been divorced. However, when she requested proof of his claim, he alleged that it had been stolen along with other documents. Further, he is alleged to have told her that a law firm had authenticated the divorce proceedings. However, he was unable to get an appointment with a lawyer before the wedding, which took place July 2018. The Antiguan wife reportedly made further attempts to get a verification of Wong's divorce, even asking his father, who allegedly told her there was no record of a divorce in his son's name. When confronted, Wong reportedly told his new wife that he might have gotten falsified documents and he agreed to take the steps necessary to get a divorce from his first wife. However, when his wife in Trinidad discovered that he was committing bigamy, that plan was thwarted and in early 2020, he reportedly moved out of the home he shared with a second wife to live in a shop the two co-owned. The woman later went to the business and discovered that the locks had been changed. Subsequently, she decided to report to the police that Wong had two wives. Investigations were launched and the police later arrested and charged Wong for committing the offense. Wong, you're wrong for that. You should never have done that. Be honest. Be honest. You know, say, listen, man, may have a wife in Trinidad, but I want you on the side. You can't have the two. The laws in this side of the world don't allow it. Sorry. Okay. Um, Antiguan woman ain't having that. Right, Javette? Facts. <laughs> we ain't, they ain't having it. I'm saying we. They ain't having it. They ain't having it. So, no. All right. We're going to hop on over to Barbados for our next story. Uh, let me pin this at the top of the page for my folks on Clubhouse. Thank you to everyone just tuning in on QMCRadio.com and Oops, Why am I pinning that on the top of the page? I don't know what is going on today. <laughs> let me go and grab the story again. My apologies. Yeah, um, bear with me here. 
Well, thank you to everyone tuning in online, listening on JanoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone just joining us right here on Clubhouse. Welcome to Coffee and Chill. Barbados retains position as least corrupt Caribbean state. This story is courtesy of Caribbean.LoopNews.com. The 2022 Transparency International Corruption Perceptions Index. Wow, what a long name. Short form CPI. That report has concluded that Barbados is the least corrupt country in the Caribbean. Barbados retained its top ranking in the Caribbean with a score of 65 out of 100 points. The island had an overall rank of 29th out of the list of 180 countries. Transparency International found that 37% of people surveyed on Barbados thought corruption increased in the previous 12 months, while 9% of public service users paid a bribe. The second least Caribbean country was the Bahamas with a score of 64 and an overall place of 30. Haiti was the lowest ranked Caribbean state with a score of 17 and an overall rank of 171, which it shared with four countries, including North Korea. Who would have thought that North Korea would be ranked as corrupt? But let's go go ahead and take a look at the overall ranking of Caribbean states. And we're starting from the least to the greatest. Number 13, Haiti. Number 12, the Dominican Republic. 11, Suriname. 10, Guyana. 9, Trinidad and Tobago. Number 8, Jamaica. Number 7, Cuba. 6, Grenada. 5, St. Lucia. Number 4, Dominica. Number 3, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Number 2, the Bahamas. And number 1, Barbados. Unfortunately, St. Kitts and Nevis, Antigua and Barbuda, and Belize were not on the list. The least corrupt state on the 2022 CPI was Denmark, who received a score of 90. Finland and New Zealand, who shared the top spot last year with the Danes, dropped to second spot with 87 points. What's up with Antigua and Barbuda? (laughs) Javette, what's going on over there? Talk to me. Why is it that Antigua and Barbuda not on the list? Huh? What, what's going on? What's going on? Talk to me. Y'all already know. <laughs> <laughs> and we just go leave it right here. <laughs> Woo! You know what? Let me let me stop. But yeah, um, so Jamaica is not so bad, folks. We made it to number eight. Uh Donald, you'll be happy to know that Grenada made it to number six of the um least corrupt Caribbean country. You'll be happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Javit, I'm not hearing you. (laughs) And I know Rosolo shares lineage with Trinidad and Tobago via her dad and Jamaica via her mom. So, yeah, Jamaica, eight, Trinidad and Tobago, number nine. All right. So (laughs) that's how we rank. Come on, Antigua Barbuda. Belize, what's up? What's going on? Belize did not make the list. St. Kitts and Nevis did not make the list. Come on, guys. Everybody in the Caribbean should be up, you know, in the top on the list. All right. So we're going to hop on over (laughs) to Belize for our next story. 
High Court judges handed tax-free salary increase. Story courtesy of BreakingBelizeNews.com. Uh, some be- I, <laughs> I'm a little obligated to talk about Belize because um, I do have family there. And I was asked, how oh, you don't know, never mention Belize. So I am mentioning news from Belize, all right? <laughs> the base salary of judges of the High Court of Belize increases to $175,000 per annum, tax-free, effective today. This is according to a memorandum being circulated, which was signed by Financial Secretary Joseph Wait, at the opening of the Supreme Court two weeks ago, both the Chief Justice Louis Blenman and Attorney General Magali Marin Young made reference to efforts to improve terms of service for members of the judiciary. The Chief Justice said that time said at that time that it is widely acknowledged that the terms and conditions of service in Belize remain of serious concern to judicial officers. There seems to have been no revision of terms and conditions of the judiciary for the past 12 years. The terms and conditions of judges in Belize do not compare to other Caribbean countries. Three of the judges who have resigned from the judiciary over the past five years have joined judiciaries in the Caribbean where the terms and conditions are supremely better. She added that she was heartened by the support for the judiciary and the welcomed commitment from the executives to address the terms and conditions of the judiciary in the upcoming fiscal year and look forward to this eventuality from the legislature with anticipation. So, which leads me to ask the question, do other Caribbean islands pay their Supreme Court judges or high court judges salaries that are tax-free? So y'all know where I'm going with that, right? Straight to Google. Google. <laughs> Call me Google Fingers, right? Um, yeah, because if that's the case, I need to go to school. Um, I would like to earn tax-free income. Let me see. In Caribbean. Uh, let's see. Showing results. For high court judges handed tax-free salary in the Caribbean. Hmm. Wow. Hold on a second. British Virgin Islands. This just popped up. British Virgin Islands. They are offering um, a salary of $16,465 EC monthly inclusive of transportation and entertainment allowances for the Supreme Court vacancy. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, That's pretty high monthly. Really? EC? That's good money? Because I know last time I checked, Antigua is a dollar something, a dollar U.S. to a dollar something Antiguan. So Eastern Caribbean. That's actually pretty high. A month? Girl, can we go back to can we go back to school? We're gonna do law school because it sounds about good right now, right? Huh? Uh, where do judges get paid the most? No, we're talking about the Caribbean. I don't want to see anything in the U.S. Not interested. By the way, are judges tax free in the U.S.? Come to think of it, while I'm here, huh? Okay, Javette, you have me thinking about going back to school. I doubt that. (laughs) 
it's not telling me for the region. Okay, I'll find out because if it means that we can go back to school, me go back to school because tax free, I'm here for that mess. Okay, so over to Grenada. Next story NIS contribution rate increase, story courtesy of nowgrenada.com. Government has gazetted the order requiring employers, employees, and registered self-employed people to pay an increased contribution rate on salaries. The earnings from that increase will go towards establishing a permanent unemployment benefit. On January 27, Dorset Cromwell, director of the National Insurance Scheme, NIS, sent a letter to all employers explaining to them the reason and or justification for the 1% increase that will push the rate to 12%. The increase was initially announced by Prime Minister and Finance Minister Dickon Mitchell when he presented the 2023 budget statement. The 12 actuar- actuarial... Did I say that right? Somebody else say that word. Actuary. You're right. Actuary. I said it right. Yes. Thank you, Sunet. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Good morning. Okay, so, um, yeah, review made the recommendation that the National Insurance Board institute a permanent funded unemployment benefit with a contribution rate increase of 1% in 2023 to be shared equally by the employer and the employee. Section 22 of the National Insurance Law mandates conducting reviews of the National Insurance Fund every three years. In light of the above, The board anticipates that this recommendation will come into effect in the month of February 2023, and therefore the contribution rate will increase um, by 1% from 11% to 12%. Uh, The government printery published an extraordinary gazette on Monday. uh, Yes, when was it? What is today? Wednesday, day before yesterday, signed by Philip Tellisford, who is the minister responsible for Social Security, advising that the new rates will go into effect to day the program and i'm sure everybody's going to ask why the one percent increase well the program will provide cash transfers to workers who are rendered unemployed in the event of a natural disaster pandemic or other such shocks i think that's a good thing do other caribbean islands have that something like that in place an unemployment fund so if you are displaced meaning no income loss of income because of a natural disaster, such as a pandemic, a hurricane, earthquake, that there is a benefit for you to get? If not, follow the lead of Grenada. 1% increase, I mean, in contribution is not a bad thing because I'm sure, yes, we might complain, oh my gosh, I can't afford to pay it now, but God forbid there is a disaster. It will come in handy. All right, so, I don't know. All right, Grenada, if you're the only one doing it, that's awesome. And now we hop on over to Guyana. UG to confer honorary doctorate on Black Panther star Letitia Wright. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The University of Guyana will honor the talents and achievements of international actress Letitia Wright, who famously plays the role of Shuri in the Marvel blockbuster The Black Panther and Wakanda forever. She will be um, conferred an honorary doctorate in arts and letters on Wednesday today in a simple but solemn ceremony at the university's main campus in Turkey. Wright, 29, left Guyana for the UK at the age of eight. 
She began her career with appearances on Top Boy, Coming Up, Chasing Shadows, Humans, Doctor Who, and Black Mirror. She was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for the latter. Her breakthrough came with her role in the 2015 film Urban Hymn, for which the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, BAFTA, named Wright one of the 2015 BAFTA Breakthrough Brits. In 2018, she attained global recognition for her portrayal of Shuri in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Black Panther. And um, she won a what you call an NAACP Image Award and a SAG Award. She reprised the role in Avengers Infinity War 2018, uh, Avengers Endgame 2019, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever 2022. In 2019, she received the BAFTA Rising Star Award. She also appeared in the 2020 anthology series Small Acts, which earned her a Satellite Award nomination. I had no clue that she was from Guyana until last night when I saw a TikTok video that was put up um, by a DJ, I guess who's her relative. He was sitting on the top of a car and she went home to her home home. Yeah, interesting. Good for you, good for you. But I'm asked, why did I think that Guyana used the... Um, what you might call it, University of the West Indies. I didn't know that they had other universities in Guyana. Ignorance, right? So <laughs> let me see something here. In Guyana. Okay, universities in Guyana. You, How many universities are there in Guyana? Okay, so in Guyana, you have the Alexander American University. American International School of Medicine, the Business School of Guyana, Georgetown, uh, Russell, I'm going to mute your mic for you, uh, Georgetown American University, Greenheart Medical University, Lincoln American University, Rajiv Gandhi University of Science and Technology, School of the Nations, Texila American University. So there is... Ooh, so there is no University of the West Indies connection. Isn't Guyana a part of CARICOM or no? Who can catch me real quick? I think it is, but it doesn't, I mean, it, remember the U, um, UE is not, is only in three physical locations, right? Or is it five? Five locations in throughout the Caribbean. They're not on all the islands. Okay. Okay. Morning. Uh, morning. Good morning, James. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're part of CARICOM. Um, I know that they, they, they take part in cricket. That's that as as much they, they participate in terms of um, Caribbean and um, some of the the, the the sporting stuff. I think they're similar to like Bermuda and some of the other islands. That's probably not CARICOM, but they, they participate in some of the CARICOM activities. All right. But so, I'm not. I'm not sure though. All right, so let me double I check. I just looked it up. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Go ahead, it says CARICOM countries, Guyana, Grenada, Jamaica, St. Lucia, yeah. um, Antigua, Barbuda, Belize, Dominica, Suriname, St. Vincent and Grenadine, Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago, St. Kitts and Nevis, Marserat, uh, Bahamas, Haiti, Anguilla, Cayman Islands, Bermuda, British Virgin Islands, Turks and Caicos, Cuba. Yeah. 
So they are a part of CARICOM. Thank you so much, Sinead. Appreciate that. Which then means, because I know um, students from Belize, and this I know for a fact, because when my um, cousin wanted to do law, he had to go to um, Barbados. He had to go to Jamaica first, Mona campus, and then Barbados. Yeah, so, yeah. So more than likely, they recognize the University of the West Indies. Go ahead, Javette. I was going to tell you, and it's not ignorance. You just didn't have the knowledge. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning that the words that we speak will project on ourselves. So it's not ignorance. It's not. Ignorance. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. We have to be careful of the words we use. Change our vocabulary. And use what sounds better because ignorance has such a negative connotation to it. Even though the word means lack of knowledge or information, let us use other words that, you know, don't sound so insulting or demeaning. Thank you so much. And what are some of the other words we can use? Um, incomprehension, unconscious, inexperienced, innocence, unenlightened. And we'll stop though with those words because they have others that can come across as demeaning, such as stupidity, idiocy. <laughs> All right. So thank you for the for that reminder, um, Javette. The words we speak have power. And be careful what it is that we're projecting onto others, as well as what we are believing about ourselves. Okay. Good morning, Apple. Good morning. Yeah, I'm glad no, 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 so that. that is why it's last time you asked someone, I say, oh, I don't really like use the word ignorant because it kind of sounds away. But uh, overall, English language are just spells, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, try to use other words, you know what I mean? That's why I don't say uh, morning because morning, um, say good morning or morning overall, like yeah, moon. Um, Morning, somebody, you know, death and all them something with it. So you have to be careful with the English word, isn't it? They're just spells. That's all they are. Okay, so I'm going to give you some um, pushback with the morning because it's morning is the dawn. Well, it's a new day, right? There's no. Oh, other word. Yeah, but I don't look at it that way. And it's going to be hard for me to stop saying good morning. That's how I was raised, that's embedded in me. And I have tried using other words, and I'll be very honest, it doesn't feel natural to me. Um, we can't understand that, man. We, yeah. we get it. You know, we get that. You know, so that's almost a certain stuff. Like, when they, they start to like, I do some work for uh, reading and research and see where the origins and see where certain things come from. It's like, oh, even them themselves come out and tell the type of words. The same people come up with these words, you know, the whole English language, all that, them themselves have come out. Them of them professors that come out and say, oh, be careful of the words you want to use. You know what I mean? And them, you get me? So yeah. them, them actually come out themselves and tell you these things. Say, oh, be careful of these words. And that word was one of the words. It, where them, them, uh, them say as well. Because mourning, it kind of so like I say, oh, yeah, mourn the death of somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like them, them say, say, yo, it's like it's a spell. If you see about the video, I mean, send it to you. Um, but you have... The English language is, 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 is just a book of spells, uh, words, uh, spells, that's all it is. You get what I say? That's why my wife is saying, you know, we're trying to see if we can get back 
New words. Like new words are just <laughs> go back yeah. to 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 African um you know language uh, the Swahili and stuff like that because yeah yeah chief can't even tell him himself you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, thank you so Grand much. Grand Rising. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Grand Rising King. That's that's why I love, I love the idea of having my own language, <laughs> because you know, you, no, seriously, think about it. You, especially when you're mad at your partner, and you go you see each other at the table, breakfast table, or getting some coffee or whatever you say, morning. You could that this morning, like you sound terrible. It almost <laughs> sounds like I wish I wish you would just die. <laughs> morning. Good morning. How did you, you sleep? Morning. Morning. It's so dead. But then you say it in Yoruba. If you say it in Yoruba, you would be like, Ekaro. It, that's a song. Like, I just sang a whole song to you just saying good morning. Caro. Caro moments. Akaro Afi. Oh, Lord. Afo It See, it sounds different. It feels good. It feels like the sun just came up. Like the sun just came up? All right. Well, yes, let, let, as opposed to morning. Let's put it this way. Whatever works best for you, whatever makes you feel good, right? That it's Carol. the, the um, <laughs> feeling that, that it creates in you, all right? So, St. Kitts and Nevis, yes, good news for them. They have a female governor general for the first time. Ever. And she is set to take office today. Story courtesy of Caribbean.lootnews.com. History will be created when Marcella LeBird is sworn in as the first female governor general of St. Kitts and Nevis. She's 70 years old and replaces. She does not look like. Okay, I'm going to put her picture up and you can tell me if this beautiful woman looks like she's 70 years old because. In my opinion, I'm sorry, she does not look it. Uh, for my folks online listening on johnoradio.com and qmzradio.com, if you want to see the photos, I invite you to join us on Clubhouse. But uh, let me go ahead and pin this at the top of the page. I hope I'm pinning the right thing this time. She does not look like 70 years old. Uh, refresh your screens, folks. History will be created when she is sworn in as the first female governor general of St. Kitts and Nevis. She will replace Sir Tapley Seaton and will be the fifth person to be appointed as governor general of St. Kitts and Nevis. She has had a long history of serving the Twin Island Federation as she was the second woman to be appointed as the Speaker of the National Assembly in the 1980s. She was also a member of parliament and held several ministerial positions including acting prime minister. She does not look like 70 years old. Congratulations. So in this case, are they going to refer to her as, is she married? Uh, are they going to refer to her as Madame? Because you can't, it's Madame, right? And if she's married, is it Madame or Mademoiselle? What is the, what's the correct term? Now I'm getting uh, all diplomatic. It's Madame Prime Minister. But That's how I would expect. Madame is she a Prime Minister or Governor? A governor General. Oh, Governor. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Governor General. Um, I don't know. Is there Madame Governor? Do they say Mr. Governor? Just Governor. That's her title. Why does she need a, um, another salutation? Hmm. So, I'm, not, I'm really asking the question. I would think it's just Madame Governor. 
Madam Governor. Governor. No, that sounds crazy. I'm sorry. What's her name? Tell me her name again. Um, her name is, let me go back to the article quick, quick, quick. Her name is Marcella LeBird. So it's Governor LeBird. Governor LeBird. Okay. They so, may call her, her, her whatever. What do you call the title? Damn it. Never mind. I'm going to shut up. I can't <laughs> If she's married, we would refer to her. Let's say we're not using Governor, but if she's married, we'd say Madame. If she is single, we would say mademoiselle, if I'm not mistaken. But is, is St. Kitts a French country? Why are we saying mademoiselle? It's, um, what you call it? Oh my gosh, what's the term for it? You know, when you use the correct, um, you know, the, the thing that like Mr. Mrs. Salutation. Salutation, right. For example, your son up until 21 he's referred to as master <laughs> did you know that by whom? <laughs> by whom? these are the things that were handed down to us through colonization yeah we were supposed to refer to our young men until the age of 21 when they at 21 they become mister <laughs> it's so funny i'm laughing yeah, it's funny. Believe you me, it's truly funny. Well, congratulations to her, um, Marcella LeBird, Governor General of St. Kitts and Nevis. Our next story, SWRHA, Investigating Princess Town Health Center After Death of Twins. And this story is out of Trinidad and Tobago. The Southwest Regional Health Authority said an investigation has been launched into an incident involving a patient at the Princess Town District Health Facility who lost her, not one, but both her twin babies after she was allegedly turned away from the health center. In an update, the SWRHA said a proactive, comprehensive investigation is underway to determine and comprehend the circumstances surrounding the entire situation. The authority's staff has been in regular contact with our valued patient and has commiserated on the unfortunate loss of her precious twins. The SWRHA said the employees involved in the incident have been sent on administrative leave pending the outcome of the investigation. The SWRHA said further to review the processes and practices which ensures compliance with international best practice in health care the Ministry of Health has dispatched a four-member team to the authority to review and recommend, if possible, any policy changes or guidance. The SRWAJ said it continues to invite patients and clients to contact its customer service center at 877-9742 for any matter in relation to health care. According to a Trinidad Express report, the mother, who was six months pregnant, said she was turned away from the health care center and also allegedly denied ambulance. She then went to the San Fernando General Hospital where the babies were delivered alive, but then subsequently passed away. What does it mean when they say she was um, commiserated? Hmm? What exactly do you mean when you say you have commiserated this woman who has lost her twins. Were they not um, incubated? I mean, because as far as I know, what is sympathy going to do for her right now? 
You cannot have a repeat of that. She's denied access to a to an ambulance, turned away from a medical facility. Babies delivered alive. Did they not follow protocol? Because clearly, how how six months pregnant? How many weeks is that? That means incubator. Isn't that like 24 weeks? 24 weeks. You have to put them in an incubator right away. So let's see if there are going to be further details coming out of this. I hope a thorough investigation is done. Yeah, let me let me leave that right there. Going to take a quick break uh, when we return. We are going to have stories out of Jamaica. Keep it locked.
Thank you to everyone listening online on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. And thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate a woman today and every Wednesday through music. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Remember to join us every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we, meaning everybody on Clubhouse with me, they share their views. Thank you for that one, Donna. Summer hot stuff. We're going to go ahead and continue with our stories out of the Caribbean corner. And it's time for stories out of Jamaica. First up, motorists in Jamaica starting today will only be allowed hands-free. So, hmm. Whew, let's see how this is going to work. <laughs> will we finally be able to instill discipline and have everyone follow the road rules? We're going to find out. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. Minister of Transport, Orly Shaw, has outlined some key changes that will be part of the new Road Traffic Act that takes effect today. Under the new law, which aims to clean up the carnage on the nation's roads, drivers are forbidden from using a cellular phone unless it is hands-free. Where vehicles are not equipped for full hands-free operation, the driver must use Bluetooth earpieces. Texting while driving is strictly prohibited. <laughs> I think 
Other key changes outlined by the minister include driver's licenses are now classified as A, B, and C. There must be evidence that the road code test has been passed. A medical is required. Proof of identity and address, in addition to the fee, will be required to obtain a learner's permit, formerly a provisional driver's license. To get a driver's license, class A or B, the prospective driver must demonstrate driving skills. Yard and road tests will be required. To obtain a class C license, which is a commercial vehicle, um, well, yeah, you must have commercial vehicle or mechanical knowledge, yard and road test, and a more comprehensive medical will be required. Meanwhile, Shaw said that provision has been made for remote detection of offenses. This means tickets may be issued for offenses detected by cameras and the owner of the vehicle will be held liable. However, the offense will not attract demerit points. The regulatory framework is set out in the regulations and will permit deployment of this mode of operation as soon as the requisite infrastructure and communication mechanisms are established. After opposition members raised concerns that there are certain crime-prone parts of the country, in particular parts of the corporate area, Spanish Town and Montego Bay, where drivers are unlikely to stop at a red light at certain hours of the night or morning, Shaw said that issue will be looked at, while noting that the government is not about to encourage lawlessness on the roads. He agreed with a suggestion from the Member of Parliament for St. Andrews Southwestern, Dr. Angela Brown-Burke, that a flashing light at certain hours could indicate to a motorist that it is clear to proceed. Shaw, like Brown-Burke, said he has observed this system in operation in other countries, suggesting it could be adopted in Jamaica. And a crucial change in the new Road Traffic Act 2018 will see a new digitized, joined-up traffic Traffic Ticket Monitoring System, TTMS. The modification means the various stakeholders, Tax Administration Jamaica, the Courts, the Island Traffic Authority, and the Jamaica Constabulary Force will each be able to access the system in real time so that the existing gaps that cause deficiencies in the enforcement process and which plagued the old system are addressed. Shaw also noted that a review of the speed limit boundaries has been undertaken and new boundaries that reflect the growth of communities and developed areas are included in the 12th schedule to the regulations. New speed limit classifications are added with 65 kilometers per hour. Uh, Those zones are now being put in place where warranted and a reduced 30 kilometers per hour limit in school safety zones as defined in the 12th schedule. He said street signs are to be installed across the country. 65 miles per hour. How much an hour that in MPH? Not 35, that are, are barely 40. Who the hell going to drive 40 miles per hour? Hold on a second. Let me make sure my maths, my conversion, right? <laughs> Before I say anything. Because uh, um, wait, I think it's the other way around. Moments. Is the other way around? Sixty-five okay. is higher than Ooh. us. Is, okay, it, is it miles per hour or kilometers? Okay, Jamaica because... uses kilometers per hour. Right, because so... in the school zone, they just said thirty. They just said something like thirty k's per thirty per kilometers. Hour. Okay, which would be fifteen That's miles. Per... Some... 
Hold Wait, on. Am I reversing it? Hold on. Let me, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Let me think about it. When I do a, if you do a 5K, right? A 5K run, it's usually like 2.5 miles or 3.5 miles. So I'm, that's how I think about it. Miles is less than Ks. Okay. So am I wrong? You're uh, 18 miles per hour. You're right. So 30 kilometers per hour is 18 miles per hour. That's in a school okay, zone. Okay, okay. I, I, I was thinking it wrong. That's good. That's actually quite, that's, that's quite low. Yeah. That's great. That's good. We need that in the school zones. But let me ask you this now. When I'm going about my business, um, 65 kilometers per hour, I'm sorry. I cannot drive 40 miles per hour. It ain't going to happen. Are you on the freeway? But are you on the freeway or are you on the local streets? Look, um... Ma'am. <laughs> I'm sorry. 40 miles per hour, that's on local streets. But on the freeway, what is it? They're, let me see if they're telling me. I'm sorry. I can't do this on the freeway. Write the tickets. Prepare to write the tickets. You're going to catch me. Moments, I don't think it's freeway, though, because it's the same thing here. We we do. Um, we have 50 and 60 kilometer uh, zone when you're on the, the street. And... um. 20 in school zone and when when it's a freeway it's like a hundred so like for so like for the, the the highways and stuff like that it's it's not it's not going to be the same all right it's going to be like a, it. it's going to be like a hundred or 110 them now put it up there so trust me them no we, we 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 do it at a hundred here and and we do 60 because because you, you said 65 yeah. but we do 60 and 50 here okay so 60 and 50. Yeah. all right so i pulled it up i pulled it up yeah my good my good my good my good my good so effective january 20 2023 jamaica's speed limit is 50 kilometers per hour 30 uh, miles per hour in built-up areas and we just read what what did i just read in built-up areas would be 65 and that converted to 40 miles per hour okay uh, the maximum speed on highways is 110 kilometers per hour, which is 70 miles per hour. Okay. Whew. All right, because there's no way me could have thought about me. I go 40 miles per hour upon no highway. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing here. It's the exact, yeah, 110, yeah. Okay. The difference uh, I caught, though, was the license plates. I mean, the license uh, classes. Yes. Your Class C is a commercial license, not an A or B. Right. So the local driver is a is an A or B. What is the definition? They didn't say it in the article. I'm not asking you to look it up. I'm just saying they didn't say it in the article, the difference between A and B. But the C is commercial. That's yes. opposite of what the U.S. does. Yes. <laughs> but you know what is missing? As you said that, um, Sana, you know what is missing, though? Because as I was looking, reading the... Um, whatchamacallit, the requirements for commercial, all right? So you have to do, you have to have um, vehicle mechanical knowledge. I hope they're doing a test. How many tests did you have to do, Marlon? It was two? Well, depending. How... But he has a higher thing, remember? Oh, yeah. He's... But I'm going to shut up. <laughs> so that you crap. Yep. Okay, so they're going to have to have commercial vehicle as well as mechanical knowledge yard and a road test and a more comprehensive medical will be required how often will they have to get their medicals done because that wasn't stated because that's important um how often is the medical done again marlon is yearly two years every two years two years yeah, every, yeah you no, get a medical 
thank you for that Afo. um is the medical for commercial or yeah, is it for, for commercial. all drivers commercial. oh because i'm like what kind of medical you want from me as a regular driver beside my oh, vision no 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 hold on now back up your rights javette you will need a medical to get a class a class b class c whatever the class you need a medical why like is that vision ah uh, that we don't know let me see what is the no no i may have to go up on a website minister of trans ministry of transport no i'm gonna have to go and look this up because this is of concern um when you know that many folks in the u.s do go to jamaica to and drive in jamaica tourists as well ministry of transportation uh jamaica okay let's see if it's listed on here and some mining well transport and mining yeah um island traffic authority Mm, wonder if that's where i'd go let me see island traffic authority let's go here and see what they say that's the examination depot that's a list of the depots oh no no answer my question none of that my one i need now this is interesting to know huh all right not giving me much information there but that's a that, that's a really good question will we need to do okay search driver's license because i need to know uh, get an international license folks I, I would recommend that get an international license why am I not seeing anything here on the Ministry of Transport and Mining? Okay, where else can I go? It's not, I, I think I would wait because the, the article just came out and the article is proposing, right? When does this hand free start? Is it start? today? Oh, never mind. Today. Never mind. I read, I just read the link. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> okay, so they should have it. Shame. Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> today. Driver's license, Jamaica. Okay, let's go here. How to obtain a driver's license in Jamaica? let's start here um what is the most recent one okay let's see let's start here oh jeez i'm gonna go stress way out unnecessarily me forget uh um you know what moment my support that you know because you have man down the yard of lice and them can't read you know True. them can't read them can't say good no like seriously them have video where police stop man and i say yo spell your name and man can't spell him name you get what i said you have people who struggle for see especially when they touch night time they might get what during the daytime will touch night time a, a total different thing i squint them a squint and them now got to get out of arm um, go take our glasses i mean no people personally will stay so you get what i said we have to dunk on them yo bro i get a glasses no man you get what i said from your hotel road, a truck you drive to a dunga yard and them something. So, yo, go get a, a, a glasses. And then finally, go get out arm, um, go take a glasses. But you have man who can't read, but them have a driver's license. You get what I mean? I say? I'm the next man personal in another situation. There. So, I, me, I support it 1000%. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do a little foreign thing, yeah, but yeah. 
So the, and them off and with the truckers them, a morning time, them not do pre-trip a yard. Them just get up, jump on the truck and start drive. The least they might do, the least they might do, and maybe check the aisle, depends upon if the truck, I want to look at old truck, they look at old hill and truck there, so they might check the aisle level and stuff like that. But overall, they not check the tire, they not um, pull the hood, they not do nothing, they not do no pre-trip. They just jump and drive, and the next thing you know, when they reach down the road, mechanical problem, and they run people off of the road and all them something there. So me support it 1,000%. Yeah. All right. Uh, great point, Alpha, because you're absolutely right. They need to have pre-trip um, inspections and that sort of thing. Now, if you want to obtain a driver's license in Jamaica and you don't have a driver's license from anywhere else in the world that is current, valid, you will have to follow the, um, the procedure just like everybody else, which means you'll have to go through the steps of getting your provisional driver's license first um your provisional driver's license is good for one year well this is i'm not sure if this is up to date but i am on the tax administration jamaica website your uh, provisional driver's license it is valid for one year um you will have to go to the examination depot submit your application form along with three identical certified photographs and then you're going to have to take the road code test all right the road code test is the written test okay um the application form will be returned to the applicant in a sealed envelope for him or her to submit it to the tax office of his or her choice his or her choice for the provisional license to be processed and the provisional license is your learner's license you know you need to go learn for drive after you go learn for drive then you can go take the go back and take the test at the um examination depot to get your driver's license okay um let me just oh the provisional of the learners yes that's oh yeah one year that last one yeah the, um see with opioid too i've had it for one year um but you can't you probably know um mm. you, you don't you, all right if you, you can learn for drive if you learn all for drive um um we, we so before the whole the, the, the whole year and thing you can still go and go check it yeah them just want to make sure say you know for drive and it, them just have a time period say oh, one year but as long as you, you know because you can't just go say you go especially if you, you never have a driver's license before like i said you can't just go and say you want a driver's license and go take out one yeah i forget the learners first and then go to that so say you know overdrive but at the first time you have to take a um go get a license or you come, or you already know of a drive, you know what I mean? But you just have a license, none at all. So you just get the learners first, you know, for waiting a whole year, none of that stuff, you know, and then they go take the, the, the actual test. And yeah, that's what, that, and, and that's it. Moment. All right, so as I was. Finish reading what you were saying. Yeah, finish okay, reading because okay. I was listening. So let me, okay. So what are the requirements for obtaining a learner's license in Jamaica? Now, per the article, of course, the name is changed. All right um so formerly it was called provisional driver's license it's now being known as the learner's permit okay so what you're going to need three passport sized photos and they must be certified who can do the certification of those photos a justice of the peace minister of religion police officer whose rank is of superintendent or higher any of those 
can certify your three passport-sized photos. You'll visit any tax office and present a TRN, which is your tax registration number. You complete an application form. You pay the applicable fees. You must be able to read and write in English. Must. All right. Now, once you and the maximum you, amount of time you can have your learner's license for is one year. Now, when it's time to move on over to obtaining your Jamaican driver's license, you would have already had your learner's license. You're going to complete a general or private license form, and those forms are obtainable in office, or you can download them, download them from the TAJ website. You purchase an examination fee at any tax office. Take the completed form along with you with three certified passport-sized photographs to the Island Traffic Authority, which is the ITA, the depot. Upon successfully completing the written and road tests, a date will be given to visit the tax office to collect the driver's license. So you may or may not be able to get it the same day. Once you get to the tax office now to collect your driver's license, you complete the driver's license form, you pay whatever applicable fee you need to pay. Now, question, because I'm sure some people are wanting to know, if I am a holder of a valid overseas driver's license and I wish to obtain a Jamaican driver's license, what should I do? Here you go. Your overseas license should be current. This will negate the need to obtain a provisional driver's license, now known as the learner's license. You're going to complete a general or private license form, and those forms can be obtained in office or downloaded from the TAJ's website. You're going to purchase an examination fee at any tax office. Take the completed form along with three certified passport-sized photographs to the depot, the Island Traffic Authority Depot. Upon successfully completing the written and road tests, a date will be given to visit the tax office to collect the driver's license. So, what does that mean? Study the road rules book because America have a way to say if you're not driving America or you haven't done it the American way, you can't drive. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you haven't studied the Jamaican road code book or driven in Jamaica, you can't drive. So get the book. I'm not sure if it's accessible online. Study the road rules for Jamaica so that you can take the written test and pass the test. If you have never driven in Jamaica, you want to do some, you know, do something like a test run upon the people them road so you're not mixing up the lanes you're supposed to be on. All right. Other questions. Um, what is the minimum age for applying for provisional driver's license, learner's license in Jamaica? 17 years old. All right. What is the minimum age um, for PPV, which is the commercial? 21 years old. How long is your Jamaican driver's license valid for? Five birthdays. And I'm not sure if that is going to change. We stay tuned for that. Um, you can get an international permit. It's valid for one year. Okay. And that's it. If you have 
if you need to change your name on your driver's license, you take your marriage certificate, your valid ID, beat your passport, driver's license, or national ID, along with a completed supplemental form. You complete another driver's license application form, pay the fees, and uh, proceed. Okay? So there you go. I like the five birthdays. Yes. All right. So um, for more information, please log on to jamaicatax.gov.jm. And I'll say that again, jamaicatax.gov.jm. All right. In our next story, Jamaica is prepared to send soldiers, police to Haiti, says wholeness. Okay. Story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. Jamaica is willing and ready to send members of the Jamaica Defense Force and members of the Jamaica Constabulary Force to neighboring Haiti to help stabilize the troubled Caribbean nation, Prime Minister Andrew Holness has said. Holness gave the assurance on Tuesday while making a ministerial statement in the House of Representatives. The security and humanitarian situation in the perennially troubled Haiti have deteriorated rapidly since the assassination of the country's president, Jovenel Moïse. Since then, powerful gangs have taken over entire neighborhoods as violence escalates. There has been a cholera outbreak that has killed hundreds and sickened thousands, and a worsening famine has put millions at risk of starvation. Holness said Jamaica stands ready to help play its part in bringing some order to the unfolding crisis in Haiti, notwithstanding Jamaica's own problems. Jamaica will be willing to participate in a multinational security assistance deployment to Haiti under the appropriate jurisdictional parameters to support uh, a return to a reasonable level of stability and peace, which will be necessary for any inclusive democratic process to take root. Both the JDF and the JCF have been alerted to this possible course of support, and they would have started a plan or started to plan for such eventualities as part of their routine situational awareness and response readiness. He said the Jamaican government and Jamaicans are deeply concerned about the humanitarian and security crises being experienced by Haitian, by Haitian, sorry. Yeah. So Jamaica, get ready. Yeah, we, we send in some of y'all over there if need be, if need be. All right. Uh, four constables are under investigation following a rape allegation. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. Let me go ahead and pull up the sound bite for this one. Uh, <laughs> y'all crack me up sometimes with your messages. Okay, what is today? February 1st. Okay, we're going down to Nationwide. Where? Nationwide, where are you? I'll just go ahead and play the sound bite for this one for you. Oh, where are we? Four constables. Here we go. Don't know why y'all get yourself in a bag of mix up down there. Over an incident that allegedly. The allegations are bizarre and disturbing. The four constables are members of a special team. The four were taken into custody Tuesday morning over an incident that allegedly occurred while they were on duty in Black River Monday night. Reports are that the team stopped a 26-year-old woman at a checkpoint on the Crawford Main Road about 10 p.m. Monday because she was driving with a demonstration plate on her vehicle. 
The woman reportedly offered the constables $7,000 for them not to charge her for driving with the demo plates. But the cops allegedly demanded $50,000 in return for not prosecuting her. It's further alleged that the policemen took the woman to an automated teller banking machine in Black River, where she unsuccessfully attempted to withdraw the $50,000 they demanded. One of the policemen then told the woman to drive to a supermarket in Black River. The woman was then taken to the back of the establishment where she was repeatedly raped. The constables also allegedly used the woman's card to purchase items at the supermarket. The woman alleges that the policemen threatened to kill her if she reported the assault. She later reported the incident to the Santa Cruz police station. She was reportedly taken for a medical examination. The four constables were disarmed and taken into custody. The JCF says the report is being treated with the utmost urgency by the police high command. The matter is being investigated by the Inspectorate and Professional Standards Oversight Bureau and the Center for the Investigation of Sexual Offenses and Child Abuse. The Independent Commission of Investigations, Indicum, has also taken an interest in the matter. Nora Gay Banton for Nationwide News. If these men are guilty, lock them up without delay. We cannot move away from the idea that police are corrupt when we keep hearing stories such as these. People who want to join the police force, do you know your real reason for wanting to join? If your reason is to cover up your dirty acts, don't do it. Because they will come to light. It's just a matter of time. You may get away with them today. You may get away with them next year. But time is the master. And them said time longer than rope. And rope will run out before time does. Every day the bucket go well. One day the bottom must drop out. It is only a matter of time before you are caught. What happened to the days when women and children were protected? Whatever happened to those days? Women and children were off limits. So you seek to extort money from this woman. But that wasn't enough. When she could not satisfy your financial demands, you then proceed to rape her. The four of you. And y'all thought that was okay? No wonder when women are raped, they are reluctant to make reports because y'all don't take it seriously. For you, it's a joke. Probably saying you deserve it. As has been said to some women. What did you do for cause the man them for rape you? Women, we have to protect ourselves as we're going about our um, business, whether day or night. We should be able to move freely without worry, but we can't. Because unfortunately, there are some people who don't understand 
that you leave people alone. Corruption in police forces is global. It's not just happening in Jamaica. It doesn't just happen in the U.S. It is a global issue. And what are governments going to do to see to it? Because the, the police is a government, part of the government body. What are government bodies going to do to see to it that these atrocities stop? Yes, you catch these four. But how do we ensure that it doesn't happen again? How do we stop them from um, collecting bribes as well as trying to get money out of people how do we go about stopping that and we have a culture in jamaica that policemen are police officers not just men police officers are so comfortable with give me your money and everything will be all right that is the norm so much so that when um People are going about their business. They have to make sure they have money. Stash aside in a them purse or them wallet or them glove compartment. Just in case they get pulled over. So them know the routine. Just take out the money and offer the, give them that and that to make everything all right. We need to stop doing that. We need to be able to I understand it's an inconvenience to have to go to court. But give me the ticket, my mega court. Give me the ticket, let me go to court, and let us challenge it in court. And the judicial system has to be fair as well. If I'm going to go to court, make sure the police officers show up. Make sure and show up, or her show up. I'm not coming in a bag of lie. But we need to stop paying police officers to get out of tickets. We need to stop it because all we're doing is feeding and fostering this behavior. Them couldn't get the 50,000 out of the woman, so they rape her and threaten to kill her if she says anything. And then them take her card and spend what they could. And these are supposed to be upstanding citizens of your community. Their communities, there was a time when teachers... Pastors or preachers, whatever you want to call them, nurses, doctors, police officers. Those were the most respected people in a community. Not anymore, unfortunately. Not anymore. Funa guilty. Lakonop and choy the key. Go rape no one another. U.S. Russell given two weeks to stabilize starving animals. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM.com. A two-week deadline was given for UC Russell to stabilize the animals through prophylactic treatment and supportive therapy and then to update the ministry and the JSPCA on the progress of the herd. A team from the ministry and the JSPCA will be closely monitoring the situation throughout these two weeks. If the monitoring team is not satisfied that adequate actions 
were taken to alleviate the situation on the site. The animals will be confiscated and placed into a government-monitored quarantine facility and treated with the appropriate remediation. Arrangements have been made through the Agroinvestment Corporation and the Jamaica Dairy Development Board to provide supplemental feeding support with fodder and nutrients. And UCRSL has committed to providing the monitoring team with a detailed medium and long-term management plan to include the necessary training support assisted by RADA and the Jamaica Dairy Development Board so as to prevent any reoccurrence of this kind of situation in the foreseeable future now further investigations throughout the end of last week and and the fact that it is a, the animals just don't have feet there's just no other way of describing it so under section five of the cruelty to animals act where one is neglectful and causes needless suffering and death or injury to an animal it's an expense against the act i have commenced proceedings with violent charges against myself it should not have happened. It's a very serious breach of our food security system. And so we should not have allowed them to go like that. Trying to build our beef ministry and the The bad thing about this is that we are importing close to $70 billion worth of beef and beef products, you know. And we are trying to build our beef cattle production again so that we can cut this importation. So this is the crux of the matter. It's a very bad mistake, which I hope the ministry and the government will find a way to correct soon. So the bauxite company, UC Russell, has been given two weeks to stabilize the 400 emaciated and starving cows on its property in Kirkvine, Manchester. Agriculture Minister Colonel Charles Jr. says the animals will be placed in a government-monitored facility if, actions, if the actions taken are not enough to improve their condition. In addition to this, Charles Jr. says other measures will be taken to prevent the negligent act from reoccurring. The minister's remarks follows an emergency meeting on Monday with members of his team, along with executives from UC Russell and the Jamaica Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, JSPCA. Meanwhile, Managing Director of the JSPCA, Pamela Nita Lawson, says the organization is still considering charges against the management of UC Russell under the Cruelty to Animals Act. In the meantime, President of the Jamaica Agricultural Society, Lenworth Fulton, has also condemned the act as a breach to the island's food security system. Mr. Fulton says the Cruel Act further speaks to the setbacks in the agricultural industry as the country imports billions in beef to support to support local production. So it's my first time hearing about I know about the plant, the bauxite plant in Kirkvine, Manchester, at that I'm familiar with. But I didn't know the these names have changed so many times. Um so evidently they have cattle on the land and the cattle they're not being treated properly. They're not being taken care of. Um, 400 head of cattle emaciated and starving. And I agree with um, Pamela Nita Lawson that they should impose charges and fines on the UC Russell. When you stop and think that we're importing billions 
in beef when cow in Jamaica? Shouldn't the go-to first and foremost be to use local supply and then you supplement it with import, importation? But it's the other way around, it seems. Who at the U.S. Um, UC Russell is responsible for managing the herd? Whose responsibility is it? And how often are checks done to see to it that these animals are kept in good condition? You uh, see, Russell, shame on you. So finally, folks, our wish, our wishes have been granted. Yep. Gage Gray's CPFSA contract finally terminated. The government, of Jamaica, the government of Jamaica has terminated the contract of Chief Executive Officer, CEO of the Child Protection and Family Services Agency, CPFSA, Rosalie Gage Gray. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. Jamaica Observer Sources says Gage Gray's termination letter was finally signed by the Governor General, Sir Patrick Allen, after an almost week-long delay. The Public Service Commission had submitted its decision to terminate Gage Gray's services more than one week ago. Based on a report by the Office of the Children's Advocate into the CPFSA's relationship with the disgraced American educator Carl Robanski, the Governor General took a little time to sign the dismissal letter, but it was signed last Friday. However, there can be no official announcement yet as the terms of her separation are being finalized. There is no way she could stay after the OCA said she displayed a grave lack of understanding at best or at worst, an act of willful blindness to the scope of her administrative and moral responsibilities. Gage Gray was appointed CEO of the then Child Development Agency in March 2014. The CPFSA was formed years later out of a merger of the CDA and the Office of Children's Registry, as the leader of Jamaica's child protection system. She began her career in public service in 1987 in the then Income Tax Department. After successfully completing the Revenue Agents Training Program, she was assigned to the Ministry of Finance in October 1989. She then moved on to the CDA in 2003 in the position of Director, Human Resource Management and Administration, a post she held until her appointment as CEO. Wow, it took long, but what I do understand is the terms of her separation. Hmm? The terms of her separation? What is she to get, so? Hush money? Shh. Let's make sure she gets a nice separation package. Price is right. <laughs> And she will also have to sign an NDA, probably, where she can't talk about the details of the separation package. You see why corruption can done? First, she refused to step down. And she know why she refused. She's no idiot. She was giving them time to put together a reasonable offer for her 
that, that's what was happening. Giving them time. And I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth. Ah, mm -mm, fix that up and come again. Mm -mm, that not ready yet. Uh-uh, uh-uh, hold on now. I'm sure a lot of that went on. Signed on Friday. Normally when you're signing the dismissal letter, how long does it take to work out the separation details? I should ask my folks, as Sadette and Rosolo, who have uh, experience in HR, how, does, how long does it normally take from um, dismissal to separation um, package being finalized? Let me go first, Rosolo. Go ahead, if, um, <laughs> if you If the company already has their mind set up, they should have it done at the very same time. There should not be any quivering back and forth and let's make this decision. Make your decision. Thank you for your service. Have a good day, good life, bye. And the person walks out of your office and you make sure all the codes to all accesses they have are changed immediately or before they walk out that door. That's, that's what you should have it done in advance. If there is some going back and forth, give, you, should have no, you should take no more than one week and that person should not have access to, to the company or any of its um, systems to make any changes in the computer. They shouldn't be able to access their, their email. But that's, that's my opinion on that one. And I agree with you, Sonnet. Instantaneous, immediately. Once you have signed the agreement to terminate her dismissal, dismissal sound too nice. Once you have signed that letter to fire the woman, you should also be presenting her with her separation package. Whatever it is that she's to get. That's it. And make it public. Quickly. Because it's taxpayers' money that is going to help settle her separation agreement. The public needs to know, ought to know, what is in that separation letter? Great injustice done to our children. Huge injustice. She didn't think about the children and what she was exposing them to. She didn't care. Because whatever she was getting on the back end was more important to her. And on the heels of that story... I just wanted a fair chance to become somebody. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. Moving from one children's home to the next, Tatricia Mitchell had to deal with much rejection and disdain, which made her feel like an outcast. But that challenging experience did not prevent her from progressing. Mitchell, who is now a homeowner, has been serving as a customer relations representative at the Jamaica Public Service for the last 10 years and has a registered business in fitness and training. The 34-year-old, who is a mother of three girls, shared her story during the Child Protection and Family Services Agency Educational Achievement Award ceremony held at the Terranova All Suite Hotel last Thursday. She said, I remember at one point I was looked at as an outcast, being placed in foster care, going to a children's home, you're right off. That's it. 
I remember as a child, I would go from foster parent to foster parent. I was placed at Hanbury Children's Home at three months. I remember being fostered by a particular young lady, and she said, What me about a struggle with your father? Your mother and your father don't want you. So what kind of burden this me got to take up by myself? And she brought me back to the place of safety, Hanbury. Mitchell credited much of her growth to a former officer she referred to as Mr. Crew at the Child Development Agency, which is now referred to as CPFSA. She said he ensured that she was given the necessary guidance in state care. She said at age three, she moved on to the Glen Hope Place of Safety in Kingston and plans were made for her to be adopted. However, after adoption, her foster parents later separated and were unable to take care of her financially. I remember at age three placed in child's care, Mr. Cruz said. What am I going to do with this child? I moved from there and I was adopted again. I was with foster parents, but life hit them and they separated. They brought me back to Mr. Crew and told him they could not afford to keep me anymore. By then, age 14, I was already in high school and he looked at me and said, What am I going to do with you? You have so much potential, but no one to care for you. Mitchell said the child care officer made some checks at the Yadel Home for Girls in Old Harbor, St. Catherine, which cared for girls from 10 to 18. She said the home was already full to capacity and could only accommodate her for two weeks while Mr. Crew found somewhere else for her to stay. When I went to Yadel, I knew it was not permanent. I didn't take comfort there, so I sat outside waiting for my foster mother or Mr. Crew to come back for me. I remember in my second week, the owner for the home coming and saying, Come here like a red picnic, what do you want? And I told her I just wanted a fair chance to become somebody. She said the manager at the home decided to keep her there until age 20. She said during her time at the home, she attended the Old Harbor High School where she became a prefect, then head girl at the institution. Recalling the experience, she said, I remember when I had to do an interview for senior perf- a prefect position and I went in the interview and they said, where are you from? And I said, the Yadel Home for Girls. And they said, not there then put some bad picnic. And I said, no. That is a place where they inspire people to become women and men of society. I'm here rubbing shoulders with children from good homes and I deserve a spot here. And I moved on, got a scholarship and went to the University of the West Indies Mono. Mitchell thanked the CPFSA for providing their services for wards of the state and encouraged the youngsters who were at the ceremony to stand out. Find your place in society. Not only do you become a professional, but I believe that you become whole when it is that you recognize what the Lord has done. And I just gave myself to the Lord and tell him thanks for being there for me. I want to say thank you to the CPFSA. Thanks for believing in us and giving us a fair chance. I'm glad for the CPFSA officers, persons who inspire others to become who they want to be in society. So thank God there were some good people within the CPFSA who sought to her becoming 
a decent citizen. But I do have some concerns as I'm reading her um, recollection and her story. The way we talk to our children and to people in general. Come here like a red pitney. Where you want? I have issues with that statement. I'm sorry. We have a bad habit I know in the islands of, um, well in Jamaica, of addressing people by their physical features without thinking about the psychological implications, but okay. But what is most disturbing to me in this story is that parents adopted her and they could no longer afford to keep her so they gave her back. I thought the adoption is final. I honestly thought so. I didn't know you could give back a child that you have adopted. And I'm going to ask parents that do adoption. Don't you eat? If it's cornmeal porridge with a slice of bread, don't you still eat? If it's fried dumpling with butter, don't you still eat? If it's chicken buck, don't you eat? If it's going in the backyard and picking a, 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 a bunch of green banana and cut off a hand and cook that, and is that you have, don't you still eat? You find it for yourselves. But you would rather turn the child back over to the foster care system after you went through the pains of adopting the child. Do you understand what it does to a child psychologically? You will grow up, even if somebody takes you on, there are deep-seated psychological effects, feelings of abandonment, rejection, never feeling as though you're good enough, never feeling as though people will love you wholeheartedly and accept you as you are. So anyone looking to get into foster care or adoption, please proceed with caution. If you're not ready to take on that role and embrace it, don't do it. Let the child stay in the system. They're already traumatized, but for you to traumatize them even more by giving them back, further making them feel rejection, don't do it, please. Yeah, moments. It's it's that's a real thing because um, you know sometimes when when people think about adopting, you know you're trying, <clears throat> you know you're trying to do good, but especially back in in those days, like in, I know in Jamaica, like because even when when I was with my foster um, family, like not not until I became an adult, you know then when when I was like about. 25 or so then one day it hit me and i'm saying my gosh like this woman is like an angel because like i was so traumatized as a young person and just sitting and reflecting and say how did she deal with this you know this woman had seven kids of her own and she took me on 
as an extra um, with all his trauma and stuff like that. And it was right in that moment at about 25 when I say, you know what, like, this woman is amazing. Like, I've never met anyone like that because it's, it's hard. Trust me, like, as someone, a foster child myself, like, it's like, as I mentioned before, a, a lot of foster kids um, uh, attempt suicide, you know, are very suicidal. They're very, because, you know, it's the idea of being rejected by both parents. And then most foster child will tell you that it comes up in in argument when you're when you're arguing with with your peers, like that is the the, the, the first hit that yep. they think about. Yeah. You know your mother and your father leave you so so and so. Like I've heard that over and over again. So, and you know when that happened to you, like you 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 hit back, and then when you're in your quiet moment, then you you're going to depression and you you know you think suicidal and. And it just hit you, you know. So, yeah, like adapting is is something that you have to you have to pray about. You have to you have to yeah you have to because it doesn't you have to be a very strong person to to take on adoption because you know some people can't even love their own child that come out of their body or that they contribute to much as to love someone else's child unconditionally because you know that's the type of love that. It takes like a parent love is unconditional you know that you know like no matter how bad your child get or whatever when you see sometimes mothers going to, to jail and stuff to look and you don't look for their child you don't understand why that unconditional love and you have to have that type of love in order to to be like to adopt or even to foster like it takes that level of love so yeah it's something that you have to really think deep about, deep and hard about, because it's not easy. Thank, thank, thank you, James. And why would you say to a child that you're fostering? What may about a struggle with your father? Your mother and your father don't want you. So what can I burden this? Become take up. Is that what you say to a child? And they're gonna forget that. You expect them to forget that. Do you know the feelings, the emotions? And yes, Jamaicans are cruel. I'm going to say it. When someone is given up, when a child is given up, even when a child's parents have died and the child is living with relatives, the way they're classed, looked down on as outcast. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? These are children that should be shown even more love by anyone that comes in contact with them. given hope, made to feel that we believe in you, we're here for you. And you're right, James. Many of them do end up in jail. And we sit here and we say, where did my picnic come from? Well, the truth is, they are a product of society. 
the very society that is supposed to shape them and mold them into being good citizens is a society that has caused them to go down the wrong road. Bouncing from home to home. Going from place of safety to this home. Thankfully, they allowed her to stay there until 20. Which leads me to ask this question. Uh, what's the age? At uh, what age do you? Is it age out of the, the, the system in Jamaica? And what happens when you get to that age? Where do you go? It's I'm um, 18. It's 18. And what typically happens at 18? Well, it, it, it's, it depends on the good grace of the, 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 the foster parent. They can either, you know, sit down and talk to you and say, okay, um, just contribute, continue contributing to bills and stuff like that. Or they could just say, you know, hit the door, you know, that's it. But what, so, what okay, so Mike, let me be a little more specific, uh, James. What if you are not in a foster home? What if you are in the home, the, the um, orphanage? What happens to you at 18? It, it depends on, I think, the ones that are, because the home that I originally was left at, it was, it was, it acted as like a double, like it was like for kids who were given up, and then it was like for um, people with disability and stuff like that. So in those homes, they are more flexible where you can stay there, um, you can stay there forever. I think uh, most of those homes are funded by like the, the catholic church um father olang and some of these um priests they, they they do a lot of work in those spaces so so like some of the homes that for disabled or for people with hiv or stuff like that you can stay there forever but if it's a if, if it's a home for like you know just like kids that were given up then i don't know I, I don't know what they do after 18, but, but 18 is the age 18 is that the you have age to be out. That you have yeah. to be out. Yeah. I hope, it is my hope, I don't know, but it is my hope that as they're turning them out, they're seeing to it that at least they have um, sufficient education, help them to get into a trade, or have them leave with a trade, so that they can sustain themselves. And how I, what I believe should happen, if it is not happening, in my mind, this is my vision of the perfect situation. But we know the world isn't perfect. This is my Cinderella ideology of how it should be, or idea of how it should be. If I'm running a home for abandoned children, once you're dropped off, that's where you stay. That's where you stay. If you're to be fostered, the, the foster parents have to go through a rigorous program. By the time they're done, them either go and chop them hand and say them can't bother. And if they are successful at the end of it, okay, here you go. We'll allow you to foster this child until someone wants to adopt or you want to adopt i will allow you to foster for so long all right doesn't work out the child comes back to my orphanage now i got to another one that went from home to home to home not doing it not doing it 
they have to have a safe space. When, as they go through school, my idea is that I see to it that they have the best education possible. Now, I understand that private school may not be an option, but I would love to see to it that I'm able to drum up support from teachers in the communities to be able to come in and give extra lessons and encourage these children to shine. If they are not academically inclined, we hone in on the creative side of them. We see to it that they have a trade. Once they get to 18, I, I would hope I would have another section that I could move them into because now they're adults. But I will now allow them at least two to, well, 18 to 21 to be able to get themselves together financially. So you still have somewhere to come home and call home. But you're able to get out there and work and encourage you to save. And if that's not the case, if that is not, please, please allow me to finish. If that's not the case, then guess what? If you want to continue on to school, we'll, we'll try our best to support you to that. But the goal is at 21, you should be able to step outside the doors feeling confident, anchored in some way. And this is going to take networking. Networking. You're going to have to rub shoulders with people who are in positions who are able to fund and finance and create opportunities. But that's it for me in the perfect world. Because what I would never want is a child to feel any more less of themselves than they already do. Go right ahead. I know someone opened their mic. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, like, even in, you know, I saw a report for, like, Canada and America. And, you know, these are first world countries where it shows that um, a lot of um, youth that leave from um, foster homes, it's see that they, they, they leave the home straight into, I think it, it was about 50% of them leave the homes um, straight to either being homeless, being in prison. Um, for a lot of um, the young women end up in prostitution or end up at some strip club that can provide boarding and stuff like that for them. So even in first world countries, this issue is, is a challenging issue. You know, much less, you know, like the Caribbean or other countries that are not considered first world. So, you know, I, I think the, the best thing is, is just to avoid this type of situation. People, you know, I believe that people need to be more responsible. You know, like, you know, man and woman, you get together. Yeah, you, you're in love now and you break up. You hate each other, but don't, don't put the child in, in this situation. Because even in these countries, America, Canada, that, that, that spend so much money on military and all these type of stuff, they're struggling to deal with this situation. So what kind of chance does a place like Jamaica have with this, you know? <sighs> Can I say something real quick? Yes, yes, Alpha, go right ahead. Thank you, James. Uh, big up yourself, you're the king. Um, <laughs> my wife got you the same thing. Uh, she got to in at what, the age 11? Yeah, went into foster care at the age 11 and age out at 17. And she's been to 
different foster homes, you know what I mean, foster care, you know what I mean, so uh, different time people come to car and for whatever reason to go back to the home and stuff like that, you know, um, and as much as you age out at 17, because same thing with the moments, make sure she, they were do good in school and stuff like that, she, 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 was, she said she was doing good in school, she was doing good in school and all them stuff and there and them help her get a, um, get a job and so forth and them also as far as helping her to get her own place at 17 so she had her own place uh, she finished high school and she, she was working and all of that and I think well, after after them helping get a place then then she was on her own after that so she continued for work continued for save her money continued for get her place and stuff like that um, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not primary school I'm, I have a couple of classmates that was at the Motsfield Park Children's Home. Um, but I have no, like, I wasn't able to keep in touch with them after primary school, so I have no idea how they're doing. I don't even get to see them on Facebook at the time when I was on Facebook. They said, alright, yo, you know, oh, I can't even call up and say, yo, what was the procedure after we left school? And You know what I mean? To find out what, what they offer, if they kind of offer the same thing. You know, because when she started telling me a story, I was like, dang, I started thinking about some of my, few of my classmates they were in a situation, they stayed at the Maxwell for a children's home. I said, oh, me have some way to keep it, good, like, get in touch with them and find out, yo, what was the procedure? How are they doing? You know, stuff like that. So, I'm not sure if Jamaica have them type of system they set up, if you just go to home and then that's it. Uh, although James said it all depends on which some, uh, um, the type of go to our, you know, the good grace or whoever is there, you know. So, but uh, I feel like all of the homes them, them need to have that program, you know. Who can go further than high school? All right, be for that skill. So that when you age out, you know, you you can fend for yourself. You can make a living rather than the day you know what you do. You can't do nothing and. They either have to try to find back somewhere else for go or you just step on the street or you get caught up in a, some wrongdoings. So I feel like them something they really and truly like things need to change up and reconstruct and all them something there and a whole heap of focus and networking as well you say. You know what I mean? Get people for you know intervene and do any, everything what them can do for make sure so when them, them kids here get a chance when them leave the home. Because <laughs> Hell, it 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 rough. It, yeah. it it it's real and truly rough. And you know, my wife that tell me our situation. I was like, yo, damn. You know, yeah. like yo, you 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 get thrown out the swamps. You know, to the <laughs> gators, and you come out a gator kicks right now. Hey, you're a champion. Salute. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. Uh, so she's in a position to encourage yeah, and motivate others. Oh yes. Who are going through do. something similar. Yes, um, and she said she do that. She said one time she work and she see this home guy, this young youth, homeless, and she see him and she just go up to him and hug him and give him, or give him something to eat or give him some funds and it's like him look for her and you know like you want to cry and I say yo you, you never no one has ever done this before you know them just right. ign um, ignore me or stay far from me or like me, 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 me some kind of creature or something and them don't want to come near me and 
she have to give him some words of motivation. I'm not like just talking to her right now, but can feel emotions are come to me. Oh, and I right, really no, want to no, no, bust no, out no, the no, tears. No, but it, 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 oh, it, it, them something, yo, it's sad, yo, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it really and truly sad. And uh, yeah, I will empower it if you get done, especially in the yeah. Caribbean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Afro. So let me just jump to the chat real quick. Sanet says, I don't know in Jamaica, but in the U.S., they're put out with very little assistance. Julie said they should have transitional housing for children who age out of the homes or foster care so they can transition into adulthood instead of being thrown into it. And Donald said, these institutions are usually stretched thin, so your perfect world will be challenging at best. Yes, James, really challenging, really challenging, but worth the effort, worth the effort. Even if it's to be able to start with 10 children and you just focus on those 10, you'd have changed the trajectory of the lives of 10 people, even if we're to start there. My, 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 my question is, um, the staff that work in these children homes do they go through um training do they take any kind of course in psychology child psychology communication do do they go through those things to know how to you know show love to these children Because that is important. That is of huge significance. Go right ahead. Well, I, I doubt, in, especially from the Caribbean context, that that's the case, or maybe even here. Because the people that are qualified in those areas will probably look for better paying jobs with more stability and stuff like that. Because a lot of these institutions are usually stretch thin, their budget are small. And they just grappling with sometimes they have more people than they could they, they could even sustain. So it's literally operating on the edge constantly. Uh, I don't think it's a case where uh, too much emphasis is placed in those areas, you know. So okay. as um, I could say, we have to rethink the entire structure, redefine everything, and come up with a sustainable solution that can be beneficial to all. Yeah. Have any of you here ever visited a children's home? Yeah, I, I went here a few times. I have. What was your reason for going, Aro Solo? Um, when I went, it was for when I was in Florida and I worked for an organization that we did um, deliveries and volunteered um, every quarter. Um, so I, I went to the home quite often. And each time you would leave, how did you feel leaving? Dis disheartening, disheartening. And it, actually, I have a story because there was a, a four-year-old or five-year-old there that we we connected to the point where I wanted to. I wanted to actually adopt her. We connected, and then every time I would leave, she would cry until it got to the point where I started saying, "I'm not going to go." Cause I didn't want her to go through that. But it's very disheartening, very disheartening. And you feel very grateful for what you have. If you don't leave out of there feeling grateful for where you are and what you have, 
and how, how I was raised and the privilege of, you know, having the option. You know, when my parents sent me to Jamaica, I had that option. You know, some people didn't have that option. Um, but it was, it, it's disheartening because you just, you want to be able to help these children you can't. Yeah. You can provide a few hours with them and then you have to leave them, you know? And um, and I've done it here in Georgia as well. I've gone to um, the, the children's, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, here in sure. Georgia as yeah. well. Um, but not, not prior, it was prior to COVID that I went mm-hmm. and volunteered. I haven't done it um, post COVID, post pandemic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing with us. We hope, though, that the time that you did spend with them, um, that it left an indelible mark on their hearts. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I know it did because I know I, I do. But um, <laughs> but I, I know it did just be with that one child, you know, and, and um, a lot of the kids, cause, you know, you read to them. And, and actually, um, you've seen me interview her. And when I go to Jamaica, I'm going to her um, children's facility. It's um, Simone. Yes. Simone, she um she has one. I mean, she has you know ovarian cancer now, and so she's struggling a little bit more. But um, she still has that orphanage and that that facility there that that needs and they need tremendous help there in Augustown. So what do you, what's the name of that facility? I'll get the name for you. Yeah, I'll get please. the name. For you. It's in Augustown, though. Yeah. Um, but I'll get the name for you. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna check on her right now. I just thought about her right before this call. So. Yeah, Javette says, I have. I was delivering donated items in a day of service. I've done a Halloween carnival with families affected with HIV. Again, a day of service. Yeah, moments. Yes. Um, yeah, one thing I'd like to add to, like, you know, sometimes we we see all the negative stuff that happen, especially, you know, in Jamaica and stuff like that. But Father Richard Olang, Yes. That guy, mm-hmm. my gosh, that guy, I don't know, like, that guy, when you talk about national hero and stuff like that in Jamaica and, and politicians and these people getting these titles, <laughs> that guy, trust me, like, anybody who knows him, for like a skinny, like, Chinese man, <laughs> he just comes in. He's and, very powerful, if you ask me. Yo, the, the man does some, ama- if you ever got to, like, I've been to... Mustard seed, the mustard seed community where you see the work that they're doing in the mustard seed community. And he does, he, he, they started up a radio station. They, they, they do a lot of work in the community. They, they have facility for kids with HIV, um, kids with disability. And when you go around and you see the love that this man showed, like you see some, some young kids like, 15 years old, they can't walk, you know, like they're drooling all over and he just hug them and lift them and, and drool running all over him and that's nothing. So, yeah, that man is, trust me, is amazing. Like, so, you know, for him, I don't know, Jamaica, <laughs> Jamaica hold this man like a mm-hmm. debt of gratitude and, you know, I think he should go down as one of the, one of the great, he's not, I don't think he was born Jamaican, but he's he is, Jamaican. He, he is Jamaican. His parents, he was born uh, Jamaican? yeah, his parents are. Um, his parents moved to Jamaica from Hong Kong. He was. He is Jamaican. He was born yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's one of the most amazing person I personally I've ever met in my life, and yeah, 
kudos to him. So, you know, I, I think it's important to highlight the people that are doing amazing work yes. too and, you know, big them up. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, if you can be an impact in a child's life, doesn't have to be a, a child that was given up for adoption. Could be your niece, your, your very own child. Could be your neighbor's child. If you are able to be of, of a positive impact, please do so. Um, saw a show the other day. Was it a show, Marlon, or was it a music video? I don't remember. But saw something the other day where this young fellow um, in a neighborhood, a woman had moved in. Um, I think she didn't have children. But anyway, she moved into the neighborhood. The kids were outside playing, and the ball hit her car. And instead of being arrogant and you know carrying on and going on with the most she was very compassionate and they formed a bond and he turned you know she got older and her vehicle had some issue in a parking lot and he was there to help her he was there to help her so instead of yelling at children let's try showing them compassion and love because we don't know who else may be yelling at them. And you don't know. The little, you might think of it as being insignificant. But you don't know the little that you can do. That may be huge. My father always used to say, it's not the big things. It's the little things that matter the most. The little things. Yeah. So important. Do what you can to help change someone's life. Going to take a quick break. When we return, we have stories out of Latin America and the international scene. Keep it locked.
Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, qmzradio.com for quality music while you work or play. Keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on jano.radio.com. Download the Jano Radio app. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. J A H K N O Jano Radio. Take us on the go. And of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee Intel World News on the go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. Keep it locked. Hashtag WCW, we celebrate women through music today and every Wednesday. We're going to get back to business right after this one from Cindy Lopa. Girls just want to have fun.
right, thank you for that one, Cinderlope. It's time for us to go ahead and get back into the rest of our stories. And we are starting off with this one, courtesy of Haiti.loopnews.com. New earthquake recorded in the Dominican Republic. An earthquake of magnitude 5.6 on the Richter scale occurred in the Dominican Republic early this morning. The earthquake's epicenter was recorded 27 kilometers from Bani, according to Listin Diario and Diario Libre. The tremors were felt in a large part of the national territory, including Santo Domingo, where great panic was observed in households. The territory of several other countries, including Haiti, Puerto Rico, and Turks and Caicos Islands, were also affected by the earthquake, and that's according to the USGS of the United States, quoted by Diario Libre. No damage has been reported so far. Recall that an earthquake of magnitude 5.0 was also recorded in the afternoon of January 29 in the northeast of the Dominican Republic. Our next story, U.S. announces process for Cubans and Haitians to visit in an orderly way. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Oh, sorry, something just popped up. Dr. Phil uh, to end his daytime TV run after 21 years. I didn't realize he was around for that long. But anyway, let me get back to the story. Sorry. The United States Department of Homeland Security, DHS, has announced processes through which nationals of Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela and their immediate family members may request to come to the United States in a safe and orderly way. Qualified beneficiaries who are outside the United States and lack U.S. entry documents may be considered on a case-by-case basis for advanced authorization to travel and a temporary period of parole for up to two years for urgent humanitarian reasons or significant public benefit. DHS said to participate in the process, eligible beneficiaries must have a supporter in the United States undergo and clear robust security vetting, meet other eligibility criteria, and warrant a favorable exercise of discretion. The first step in the process is for the U.S.-based supporter to file a form I-134A. That form again, I-134A, is the first form that must be filed is the first step in the process and it must be filed by the u.s based supporter online request to be a supporter and declaration of financial support form with the united states customs and immigration services must be submitted for each beneficiary they seek to support and it must include minor children so it's not a group thing. It's for each beneficiary they seek to support, including minor children. DHS said the U.S. government will then review the supporter information provided to ensure that they are able to financially support the beneficiaries they are agreeing to support. It said access to the processes is free. Access to the processes is free stating that neither the U.S.-based supporter nor the beneficiary is required to pay the U.S. government a fee to file the form I-134A 
to be considered for travel authorization or parole. So the reason I'm reiterating that, no matter about a scam or no, because I guarantee you there's somebody who is going to say, pay me X amount for me to process this for you. Do not do it. Beware of any scams or potential exploitation by anybody who is going to ask you for money associated with the participation in this process. So I know many of us listening do have friends from Haiti, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Please put them on their guard. Let them know that this is a fee-free process. Anybody looking to be a supporter and has to file that form I-134A, it is free for you to do so. I cannot stress that enough. We are in an age where everybody I try to scam somebody, everybody trying to get over on somebody, and everybody taking advantage of people who are already struggling. Don't do it. Share this information, folks. Pass it on. There is a way for them to get here safely. Many of them who are coming do have relatives here. So I implore their relatives to do the right thing. If you are in a position to be a supporter and you're able to submit that paperwork, that form, the declaration of financial support, please do so. Just remember, it's a form per beneficiary, including minors. Okay? Can't be any clearer. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Clubhouse, for allowing me to be emphatic. But it's important. People need this information. People need this information. All right. Uh, so we are grateful. Do not allow yourselves to be scammed and don't allow anybody to scam your friends or family members. Okay. On the international scene, Bangladesh to get $4.7 billion IMF package. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. The International Monetary Fund Executive Board has approved a support program for Bangladesh worth $4.7 billion at current exchange rates, making the South Asian country the first to access its new resilience and sustainability facility. The funding announced on Monday includes $3.3 billion under the IMF's extended credit facility and extended fund facility programs and $1.4 billion under the new RSF, which aims to help vulnerable middle-income countries and island states. UK government is facing high court battle over arms sales to Saudi Arabia, also courtesy of Al Jazeera. A campaign group has launched a courtroom battle against the United Kingdom's arms sales to Saudi Arabia, warning the weapons are worsening a major humanitarian disaster in war-torn Yemen. The United Kingdom's High Court on Tuesday began hearing the case brought forward by the campaign against arms trade, which says arms exports have contributed to the deaths of thousands of civilians. Huge crowds turn out. Turn out. Ooh, let me start over. Huge crowds turn out for Pope's Mass in DR Congo capital. 
A huge crowd of singing and dancing worshippers turned out to attend a papal mass in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Wednesday this morning, the second day of Pope Francis's visit to the country. People flocked to the tarmac of Kinshasa's Donolo Airport for the open-air mass, which was due to begin at 9.30 a.m. Many of the faithful in the megacity of some 15 million people began to arrive at the airport on Tuesday night, to assure themselves a spot. As crowds poured into the airport under a bright sun and heavy security, 700 choir singers rehearsed in a festive atmosphere while worshippers danced and waved flags. The 86-year-old pontiff had arrived in the DRC on Tuesday on the first leg of a six-day trip to Africa that will also include South Sudan. Huge crowds also thronged the streets for a glimpse of the Pope Mobile as Francis drove past. And while there, he slammed foreigners for the plundering of Africa. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Pope Francis has demanded that foreign powers stop plundering Africa's natural resources for the poison of their own greed. After he landed in the Democratic Republic of Congo as part of a trip to two African nations. The 86-year-old Francis is the first pontiff to visit DR Congo since Pope John Paul II did so in 1985 when the country was still known as Zaire. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. I so forgot that. Yeah. Hands off the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Hands off Africa, Francis said on Tuesday to applause in his to an applause in his opening speech in Congolese government authorities and the diplomatic corps in the garden of Kinshasa's National Palace, calling Congo's vast mineral and natural wealth a diamond of creation. Francis demanded that foreign interests stop carving up the country for their own interests and acknowledge their role in the economic enslavement of the Congolese people. He went on to say, Stop choking Africa. It is not a mine to be stripped or a terrain to be plundered. This he said, yeah. Um, history's first Latin American Pope who has long railed at how wealthy countries have exploited the resources of poorer ones for their own profit. Francis pointed the finger at the role colonial powers such as Belgium played in the exploitation of Congo until the country, which is 80 times the size of Belgium, gained its independence in 1960. I didn't even know that in size comparison learning today. He also said neighboring countries are playing a similar role. The poison of greed has smeared its diamonds with blood. Hmm. Grateful for the speech. Very grateful. Grateful for the cry. The plea. But you can't only blame the powers that be. You can't only blame foreign plunderers for going into the various countries of Africa to exploit its resources, economically enslave its inhabitants. We also have to blame the leaders of the countries that allow them to come in and do so. They sell out their own countries for a couple million dollars. They agree to the enslavement of their people. 
They agreed to have rebels act as guards to these minds and have children who ought to be in school digging, carrying loads under the threat of armed, what you call it, them AK-47 guns pointing in their faces so that exploiters can be made filthy stinking rich. Not here to run a guilt trip on anybody. We know better now. If we didn't know better before. But if the world stopped buying diamonds. If we stopped lusting after precious jewels. This wouldn't happen. It wouldn't. Greed would not be able to, you know, take center stage. I don't own any diamonds. I'll let you know that. So don't worry, my wedding ring, it ain't made of diamonds. <laughs> I made an agreement years ago that I was going to stop. What And what was the turning point for me was, um, whatchamacallit, that movie, Blood Diamonds. Yeah. And I started to dig deeper and I'm like, oh, hell no. They're beautiful gems, I'm not going to lie. Gorgeous. Princess cut, pear cut, gorgeous. And I know I'm still using things that are, you know, we talk about our cell phones, we talk about our computers, technology, anything with technology. It's the things to make them are mined in Africa. So yes, we have a long way to go. But even if I can stop doing one thing, I'm committed to that. That I'm committed to. So leaders of these various countries in Africa, do not ignore and think that he's only speaking to foreigners he's also speaking to you take that message for yourself look at yourself in the mirror and ask for forgiveness for the atrocities and the genocide that you allowed to happen to your own people while you sit in your maybachs oh yeah they have some beautiful luxury cars over there in africa cars that are paid for cash that we in the states would probably never even be able to afford on credit but while you're rolling around in your lamborghinis flying on your private jets from the money that you took from these foreigners without giving a care in the world or putting in stipulations, guidelines, protocols, laws, rules that they have to abide by to protect your people. Think about that for a second. You don't have to do it anymore. Enough is enough. You can turn in the opposite direction. For those who are there in, in the country already, it's your country. Revisit the terms and agreement, the terms of the agreement, sorry. Revisit it. Have it redrafted. Put in certain stipulations. You can only mind so much. Certain things must be provided to these various communities within which you're mining. Quality schools, quality health, centers residents must 
get livable wages. No miners should be working in these mines, none whatsoever. Work should be for a given set number of hours. If you don't have those things in place, get busy. Do right by your people. Our next story from the international scene. Uh, German police arrest woman for allegedly murdering doppelganger. And I hope I said, Sonette, was it you who sent this one over to me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this one is ridiculous. That's actually, you know, the thing is, after I found your doppelganger, so I'm like, don't get any ideas. Okay, I'm a mute. Before I read the story, let me check the chat. Let me check the chat. Oh, Virginia, thank you. Good morning, Virginia. Yes, it's my second clubhouse anniversary. can't believe it. Two years has gone by. <laughs> thank you, Virginia. Donald said the Catholic Church was complicit. Also, yes, Donald, we cannot ignore that. Many of the um, <laughs> crosses, literally and figuratively, Many of the crosses that are on display, all the various scepters and so on and so forth, are made from um, jewel, um, precious jewels that were stolen or obtained through illicit means or, um, yeah, through atrocities. They're guilty. Yeah, they're complicit. Look at the role they played in neighboring Rwanda as recently as 1994, the genocide that happened there. Geely said when Patrice Lumumba tried, the then Congolese president, Mutubu, had him murdered, murdered, sorry, with the help of the Dutch government. Greed and corruption. Greedy you now. Is it greed? Greed, I got kill we. And when you're dead, whatever it is that you were killing for and going after, can you take it with you? I've never seen assets in an urn nor in a grave but the good leaders are killed said donald they never live long enough to do right by their people yeah the good always die young isn't that what they say the good die young when you set out to go to do good in this world and to stand up for what's right you become a target you do become a target when you speak out against atrocities when you fight for human rights you become a target and many of us don't do it because we don't want to become targets truth be told we're selfish now some of my pit and them for live for me no no get me involved nope no 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 but yet we sit on the sidelines and we make our comments and we shed our tears and we cry out for better. Why aren't they doing better? Well, everyone pretty much ha takes the same stance, so there'll never be better. Doing good. <laughs> yeah, it's costly. Is costly. And what we have to do is protect those who are doing good. Protect those who are brave enough to step up and do right. To speak up. To lead. Do good by, do right by them. Protect them. 
Right. And those are... Oh, well, before I say that. <laughs> See, I got sidetracked. German police arrest woman for allegedly murdering doppelganger to fake her own death. <sighs> CNN.com. German police have arrested a woman on suspicion of murdering a lookalike. The 23-year-old German-Iraqi woman is being held at a prison in southern Germany in connection with the death of a 23-year-old Algerian woman. Police spokesperson Andres told Senen on Tuesday a 23-year-old Kosovan man is also in custody in connection with the murder. The parents of the German-Iraqi suspect reported her missing on August 16 last year. Her car was later found in Ingolstadt, and I hope I said that right, with the body of a woman inside. She had been stabbed multiple times and her face was disfigured. Police and her parents initially identified the body as that of the missing woman. However, an autopsy and DNA analysis revealed that it was not her but a different woman who looked strikingly similar to her. The victim was later identified as a 23-year-old Algerian woman. The German-Iraqi woman was arrested on August 18 after police tracked her to the Kosovan man's apartment. That's according to police. Investigators now assume that the suspect wanted to go into hiding due to family problems and faked her death. The suspects came up with the plan to search online for a woman who looked similar to the German Iraqi, kill her, and place her in such a way that the corpse would be mistaken for the suspect. The German Iraqi woman, who was a beauty blogger and Instagram influencer, searched online for women who looked like her and tried to persuade them with false promises to meet her. On January 26 and 27, the Ingolstadt District Court issued murder arrest warrants for both suspects. Police have interviewed several women whom she contacted as part of their investigation. The two suspects, who cannot be named by police in accordance with German privacy laws, are being held in separate prisons. Beyond evil, Javette. You know, they say we all have a twin. They say we all have a twin out there. Somebody who looks almost exactly like us. Can you imagine? Now, not to make light of the situation, but I know sometimes when they piss me off in the house, when I am annoyed, and I know they're annoyed with me too. That's all right. But there are times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I could run away. And I tell them I'm going to run away. You don't have to fake your death. You don't have to kill somebody else. Just go to the Solomon Islands or go to the South Pacific for a week or a month or a year and just cool out. Send them a note, you know, via email or something. I'm good. I just need a break from y'all. But to go to these extremes, to search social media, to find a lookalike and try to lure them in, and then you get one who bites the bait. And the person, I'm going to say this, if someone reached out to me that 
looked just like me. I'd be like, oh my gosh, such similarities. And I would want to meet the person. I know I've seen people on social media, similar noses, fingers look similar. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if we're related. But no, nah, reach out. Sorry. But anyway. <laughs> you know that's in a movie, right? That's in a movie where um, them search out, um, look alike, kill them, and make law enforcement or whoever thing say, yo, uh, them that did while them gone somewhere else are trying to disappear. So she probably. They might watch too much movie. That's what, yeah, I was going to say. So it seems as though she was watching that movie then for her to come up with the, with the idea and then the man that helped her. We all want to get away from family sometimes. Sometimes we all want to get away from friends. Sometimes we all want to get away from life for a minute. We want to check out for a little bit. But you don't go to this extreme. When, when I saw the thing, when um, Sunet sent it over and I looked at it, I was like, what the heck? People really do this? How desperate must you be? I know people have faked their death. To get um, insurance payouts. I know people do that. But damn, you kill somebody. Just to get away from your family. Because you're having family problems. All things good or bad come to an end. Nothing lasts forever. And I bet you know in hindsight. The family problems that she was trying to get away from. Did not necessarily warrant her going to these extremes. I think all of us want to run away from our families at some point, whether immediate or distance. Yeah, we want to get away, clear our minds. Yeah. They're people just like everybody else. They're going to annoy you. They're going to frustrate you. They're going to make you angry. You might find them bothersome. But just get away. Dumb is dumb, 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 dumb. No other way for me to describe you. You know, Understand the difference between reality and art. Know how to separate the two. Entertainment. Don't use it. <sighs> anyway. Thank you, Sonnet. In stories out of North America, White House um, is saying that Harris will attend Tyree Nichols' funeral. Has the funeral started? Anybody knows? Is anybody online able to say if the funeral has started and is being streamed? I don't know. Um... Last night, Rosolo spoke about the whole situation on her show. No, I did not watch the video. Will not watch the video of how he was brutalized. Um, it's painful enough just reading about it. But yeah, um, Kamala, will, Kamala Harris, vice president, will be um, attending the funeral of Tyree Nichols. Harris was invited to attend Wednesday's funeral services by Nichols' mother and stepfather, According to, and this is according to Harris's press secretary. I'm a, it not, it, it kind of affects me emotionally a little bit, you know, because every time I look at his story and you're hearing more and more things coming out of it and the number of people that are involved in it makes no sense. No sense. None whatsoever. Harris will be joined by former Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, a senior advisor to the president for public engagement, and Mitch Landrieu, 
a White House Senior Advisor and Infrastructure Implementation Coordinator, who is a former mayor of New Orleans. So you attend the funeral and then what? Nothing. We attend no signing anything into legislation. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. No policy reform. Nothing. Just go show them face. People look, oh, the president or the vice president, they are no. Oh, okay, all right, then let them care. All right, we'll vote for them. Mm, and that's it. Poor soul. Then what? Okay, you go. Then what? Then what? That's all I want to know. Then what? What happens afterwards? Another beating. Another fake traffic stop. Another enraged officer. Taking the life of someone under the guise of someone resisting arrest not cooperating with the police this morning there's another article I, I couldn't do it this morning another um person was killed shot and killed by the police person was running evidently i'm not sure i, ju I just saw the head and i'm like no i can't do that this morning too much too much too much too much it's just a repeat it's just a repeat just a repeat hit play you know you, you you remember who remembers the days of vhs these ch our children are know not about vhs who remembers the days of vhs you go to blockbuster you buy your movie or you rent your movie and you go home before before movies went on dvd <laughs> and you put it in and it corrupted <laughs> Press rewind because you love the movie so much and then you play again. And you rewind it so much you stretch out. <laughs> Silly boss. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who remembers those days? Well, this is what's going on right now. We attend the funerals with these dig well, dignitaries attend the funerals and then what? What legislation is going to be tabled? What bill is going to be passed expeditiously to see to it that this is the last one? But oh no, nothing has been signed uh, because it happened again. What's the point? I know I said I don't want thoughts and prayers. You can, y'all can kiss my black ass with that. Sorry. We don't need thoughts and prayers. We don't need you attending funerals. What we need is change. That's what we need. How hard is it? How, how, how hard is it? Too much work? Because the police force, its history, how it was formed, we're going to have to go back too far? Too much unearthing? Well, call in the archaeologists. Let's get digging. 
Clear the dust. We're going to have young, we, we, we cry out and say that change can be made if we encourage our young people to get in there and be the effective change that we need. Yes. But guess what? We also have to let them know you're going to have to take the books off the shelves, dust them off. When you open it, a few may crinkle in your hands. But we're going to have to go back there. Sometimes you buy a house, not because of the house, but because of the land, the location. And, you know, you say, okay, let me go in and see how I can, um, let me go in and see how I can preserve as much of the infrastructure as possible. But then you realize the foundation is weak. So what do you have to do? Tear it all down. Call in the dump trucks and they have to load it up, drag it out, and you start fresh. I think that's what we need right here. The laws in this country, they are so old and creaky. Literally a haunted house. Literally. Laws written from centuries ago, still applicable today, that only further support the very behaviors that we're trying to get rid of. So it's a lot of work. So let us, while we are encouraging our youngsters to get into politics for the right reason, which is to change the face of the nation, God knows we've been the laughing stock since 20. When, when did Trump go in? Since Trump went in, we've been the laughing stock of the world. Nobody takes us seriously anymore. Not even our own citizens take us seriously anymore. But let us tell our young people that you have work to do. You're going to have to roll up your sleeves because the true change has to happen at the foundation level. Get rid of all them old laws that served one group of people but did not seek to serve the other groups of people. So I'm going to ask a question for the last time. Vice President Kamala Harris, former Atlanta mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is now a senior advisor to the president for public engagement, and Mitch Landrew, White House Senior Advisor and Infrastructure Implementation Coordinator, also former mayor of New Orleans. When the three of you get back to Washington, then what? Are you going to be speaking at this funeral and echoing messages we've heard before? If that's the case, please stay in your seats. Sorry, not sorry. They want to bring up the, 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 the stupid talking point they always have. Oh, well, we can't do nothing for just, you know, uh, black people or just one group of people. Uh, that we can't do that. Um, it, it, it's, 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 well, you guys are only what, 13% or 16% or whatever percent them always come with. Some falsified percent. But made no sense because not every black people take part in the whole um, census thing. <laughs> and so, 
if that's the case, but you still you know, put in place things to protect people who are the, at the end of the day is way smaller than the black percentage when the hours are come with, about 6%. So make it make sense. Every time they say, hey, what do I do? Them ask, what's your name? Uh, Stacey Abrams or something like that? From one of them uh, TV show or whatever it is. And she's at the same talking point she come with. Same like Kamala Harris, the same talking point. But we can't just do something for one group of people. You know, black, folk, black people just uh, 13%. And she come with the same thing. But you still want to grant hate crime bill for help protect uh, uh, 6% group of people. So make it make sense. But you still, oh, we need the black votes. We need the black votes. And not, all sort of foolishness. And you still, when you get the black votes, if, you're, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Oh, black people are the ones who put me in the, in the presidential seat. I owe my presidential seat to you guys. But yes, he still not do nothing. So, what are you doing for, brother? Mom, whoever these people are, what are they for? <laughs> it doesn't serve no purpose whatsoever. Zip zero. Zip zero. No purpose whatsoever. When a door serve. Ooh, just up in a Timbaland. Never wear Timbaland yet in the day of them life. Just up in a Timbaland and jeans and out there. And what about, ooh, I carry hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> eh? I don't show them I put hot sauce from burger. Like, what the hell? What, what, what is that? Oh boy. Alright. Thank you, Apple. Poor soul. Oregon kidnapping suspect dies of self inflicted gunshot, police say. Story courtesy of NPR.org. A suspect in a violent kidnapping in Oregon died of a self inflicted gunshot wound Tuesday night after being taken into custody following a standoff with law enforcement. That's according to a police spokesman. Grand Pass Police Department Lieutenant Jeffrey Hattersley told KTVLTV that Benjamin Obadiah Foster, 36, died at a hospital hours after he was taken into custody in Grants Pass, Oregon. Foster barricaded himself under a house as officers from four agencies concentrated in the area set up a command post and assembled a SWAT team while attempting to secure his surrender beginning Tuesday afternoon. Just before 8 p.m., Hattersley said the situation had been resolved, but did not immediately confirm whether Foster had been arrested. Police later confirmed Foster was in custody, but a little more than an hour later said he had succumbed to his injuries. Okay, so let me back up for a second. So he was... A suspect in a valid kin violent kidnapping in Oregon died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound Tuesday night after being taken into custody. I thought it was only me that hear the after. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel. Hmm. I'm a little puzzled by that part. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um just before <laughs> you know what? Huh. 
As police gathered at the home where Foster was located, some area residents received a notification to shelter in place. Foster was spotted Tuesday morning walking a dog in the Grants Pass area, according to the police department. Late Thursday, law enforcement raided a property in the unincorporated community of Wolf Creek, but Foster, who had been staying on family property there, slipped away. Forested mountains surrounded the community, but investigators believe that instead of disappearing solo into the wilderness, Foster had helped getting out of the area, okay? In 2019, before moving to Oregon, Foster held his then-girlfriend captive inside her Las Vegas apartment for two weeks. He initially was charged with five felonies, including assault and battery, and faced decades in prison upon conviction. He reached a deal with Clark County prosecutors in August 2021, that allowed him to plead guilty to one felony count of battery and a misdemeanor count of battery constituting domestic violence. A judge sentenced him to up to two and a half years in a Nevada prison. But after the 729 days he had spent in jail awaiting trial were factored into his punishment, Foster was left to serve less than 200 additional days in state custody. Okay, so let me do some maths here. Um, let me do some math. Donald, you with me on this one? You notice a big thing missing from the start. How did he get to kill himself after he was taken into custody? Because he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound after being taken into custody. I thought it was a typo or something because... Maybe it's a typo. Has to be. They, yeah, maybe he, it's a typo. He must have shot himself and then they took him into custody, custody and then he, and died. Then he died. That has yeah. to be the case. Has to be. Huh. But then he, he is lucky. He, he had five felony charges dropped for one misdemeanor or one or whatever in the, in the original stuff with his girlfriend. And then he get off. Huh. I don't know. Or maybe they put in that to muddy the water because he died after taking into custody. <laughs> yeah, something not right. That's all. That's all Mega says. Something not right. Something not right. Um, <laughs> for those who love Sanders, embattled representative, my New Yorkers, here is your favorite person. Embattled representative George Sanders steps down from committees. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. United States Representative George, I don't know if that's his name anyway, but George Santos for now has announced that he will temporarily, so don't um, think it's yay, no, temporarily step down from his committee assignments as he faces criticism and investigations over his finances and false claims he made. <laughs> the freshman Republican had previously been named to two relatively low-profile congressional committees, one on small business and the other on science, space, and technology. No, let him sit on the one for science, space, and technology. Let him be a subject for <laughs> experimentation. He needs to be put on that microscope, put in a lab. Let's see what's up with him. Now, put him back on that one. And space. Send him out there. He'll do well out there in space. Um... But let me ask a question. <laughs> How is it that Herschel Walker did not step down when he was um, campaigning? 
for the state of Georgia in the midterms because he lied to didn't Harsha lie I don't know because Harsha lied about college and some accomplishments and yada 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 but let, let's not let's go back even further why didn't we ask Trump to step down go ahead Donald is it me or is it politics is the only profession where you could get up a morning create an entire profile make up a life story do organ and nefarious thing and win <laughs> your seat and then you're exempt from any responsibility <laughs> did i get it wrong no you, you got it right that sounds about right sounds about republican you're right you're on the right track so if you want to join the republican party please um follow suit <laughs> you highlighted all the prerequisites of donald you can be anything you want to be literally <laughs> yes he prepared a statement on tuesday saying he was leaving the posts for the time being in order to serve his constituents without distraction so he wants to ensure that um the folks in Long Island, whom he served, will have his undivided attention, no distraction. He'll be able to serve them wholeheartedly. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, jeez. Um. Okay. Florida school teachers are being told to cover or store books or face felony charges. Follow up again to a story that we spoke about last week. Story courtesy of BallAlert.com. Duval County, Florida teachers say district officials instructed them to, and I quote, cover or store classroom libraries. Students in the district arrived at schools to find bookshelves wrapped up or books gone. The same books that have been used to supplement their students' reading for years. WJCT News obtained a video that seems to be an internal training video sent by District Chief Academic Officer Paula Renfro telling teachers to pull the books from their classrooms temporarily. The outlet later confirmed from Duval Schools that the video was sent to principals to share with staff members. Books not on the district-approved list or not approved by certified media specialists need to be covered or stored and paused for student use. House Bill 1467 passed in July and mandates that schools' books be age-appropriate, free from pornography, and suited to student needs. Teachers can be charged with a third-degree felony. Wow. They've criminalized providing a book when there really is just a vague definition of what books are not appropriate. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. My child comes home to me and my child says, Mom, Mommy, there are no books in the classroom. I have nothing to read when it's time for us to sit in the reading corner, can I take my book to school? Can I send my book to school? 
with my child for them to have it to read or if i send it to school for my with my child for my child to read could i be putting the teacher in harm's way it's quite possible what what, what kind of book do you want to have moments it just says books period oh just oh, oh dang there are says, books that are authorized by um, by the state of Florida, and if there are books that are not authorized on that list, and look, but let me back up, not yeah. the state of Florida, Duval County, Florida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If those books are not on the authorized list, anything outside of that is when the teacher could be um, fined for allowing that in her classroom, his or her classroom. Mm -hmm. uh. Right. So, DeSantis proposes. Hold on. Remember, before we even read the story, remember yesterday when I highlighted um, that DeSantis wants a list of all transgender in schools in Florida? Remember I said that to you all yesterday? Okay. All right. Well, DeSantis proposes banning diversity and inclusion initiatives at Florida universities. What did I say yesterday? Mm -hmm. Okay. Told you. Story courtesy of CNN Politics. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Tuesday that he intends to ban state universities from spending money on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in hopes that they will wither on the vine without funding. It really serves as an ideological filter, a political filter the Republicans said while speaking in Bradenton, Florida. The proposal is a top priority for DeSantis's higher education agenda this year, which also includes giving politically appointed presidents and university boards of trustees more power over hiring and firing at universities and urging schools to focus on their missions and Florida's future workforce needs. DeSantis who is said to be weighing a potential 2024 presidential bid, has seen his standing among, among conservatives soar nationwide, not just in Florida, nationwide, following his public stances on hot-button cultural and education issues. In a press release about the announced legislation, the governor's office called diversity, equity, and inclusion programs discriminatory and vowed to prohibit universities from funding them even if the source of the money isn't coming from the state diversity equity and inclusion programs are intended to promote multiculturalism and encourage students of all races and backgrounds to feel comfortable in a campus setting especially those from traditionally underrepresented communities. The state's flagship school, the University of Florida, has a chief diversity officer, a center for inclusion and multicultural engagement, and an office for accessibility and gender equity. Well, Tuesday's announcement was foreshadowed in December when the governor's office asked all state universities to account for their spending on programs and initiatives related to diversity, equity, and inclusion or critical race theory. 
Can I say this one more time? Critical race theory is taught in advanced college education, mm-hmm. in law school, not in high school, not in junior high school, not in preschool, not even in undergrad. Critical race theory is thought in law school. Anyone, you, me, and your 10-year-old child can go and learn some some bit of critical race theory. However, the entire thing as a study is taught in law school. So people really, they, they really need to calm the heck down. Thank you. Why do they want people to be so afraid of who they are and where they come from? What is the problem? I don't okay. know. Your turn. Thank you, Sunette. Thank you for saying that. I saw an article where someone who went to school with DeSantis said he learned it in school. So what is his problem? What is he so afraid of? Know thyself. Right? You start know yourself. You start to do things different. You start to think different. Yeah, know thyself. <laughs> Look into it, know thyself. Yeah, man. Until now, I really much I feel. But, but see, I don't know is when was this video posted. I don't know if it's a long time thing uh, or what, but it seems like Trump will run for president again. <laughs> and he might if say, yeah, if, if, and him say, um, what, jump, gen, gender reform thing, he might cut out all of them something there. You know, the mutilation of the youth and oh, I'm, I'm make sure cut to, cut it out. Any teacher, any any um, doctor, any all them people, they might get a problem, big consequences. If you try a tab or you know, a, a, a child can change them gender and take pill or whatever um, drugs or psychological. I'm saying I'm gonna make sure I get rid of all of that and anybody who take part in it I go face some very serious consequences. <laughs> and but no, I go like uh, but support him at all the person upon the party still. So I but don't. everybody feel different still. Yeah. You see me? I, I don't. You you don't have to agree with people's choices, their lifestyle, but it doesn't give you the right to hate them. You know what's funny? I, I don't hear them enough. No, I didn't I say you. I'm just oh, speaking oh. in general. What is funny is that the very people whom we have great disdain for are the very ones who may end up saving our lives. I have a... Um... Oops, hold on a second. Hold on one second. We'll be late for this ad to end. I got a clip from CNN. This was dispatched. Behind the covered wall of paper in this Manatee County classroom, books. Teacher Don Falls told us he covered the bookshelves out of concern for a new state law that required... I'm going to start it over so you can hear properly. Okay, here we go. He covered the bookshelves out of concern for a new state law that requires all books in classroom libraries to be approved or vetted by a media specialist or librarian that is trained by the state. We were instructed last week uh, that we were essentially had three choices uh, as far as our personal libraries that are in our classrooms. Uh, We could remove them completely, box them up. Uh, We could cover them up with paper or some sort of something, or uh, they could be entered into a database where the 
school district has all of the library books and all the other kinds of books. And if the book was in the, the system, then it could remain on the shelf open. Falls, who is part of a lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis regarding his Stop Woke Act, says it has all caused him and other teachers much fear and angst. But the district says it never instructed teachers to shut down classroom libraries. According to the school district, volunteers will be helping to catalog books in classroom libraries. If a book already has the green light, it can go right back on the shelf for students. But if it is not pre-approved, it must be vetted before a student can have access to it. We are going to make sure uh, that parents have a seat at the table uh, and that we protect, uh, protect their rights because nobody is more invested in the proper well-being of kids than the parents themselves. According to Florida's Department of Education, selection of library materials, which includes classroom libraries, must be free of pornography and material prohibited under state statute, suited to student needs and their ability to comprehend the material presented, appropriate for the grade level and age group for which the materials are used and made available. Violations can result in a third-degree felony. This is us protecting the teachers, not saying we're banning books. During a school board meeting this week, Manatee County school officials acknowledged they don't know how long it'll take to verify all the books. In the meantime, the district said students have access to books in their school's main library, but the process has sparked confusion and high emotion. I would not suggest banning books. It's a slippery slope. This is good literature with value. Please do not ban books. During a school board meeting in Pinellas County, school officials confirmed they too are working to align policies with state requirements. School officials say a group of library media specialists reviewed 94 book titles over the summer. And that team did recommend 10 titles to be weeded out of our collections or moved to our adult only resource library. There is appropriateness and there is inappropriateness. Where books are concerned, we have to really keep the minors in mind. You cannot substitute uh, adult supervision. You just cannot. Adult supervision, parents, whether it be a guardian or grandparent, have to be aware of what the child is being taught. While some parents praise what they call parents' rights at work, others worry it's a slippery slope. Anytime you restrict access to information, to knowledge, uh, it's censorship. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's any other way to categorize it. Okay, so let's go back to that Pinellas County School Board meeting from this week for a minute. The school officials there made it clear that there could be additional titles that are removed as they continue through this process, and they are going to continue, they say, to err on the side of caution. Another challenge brought up by one of the school board members, the definition of age appropriate. How do you define what is age appropriate in this vetting process? Mm -hmm. I reached out to the governor's office as well as the Department of Education with that very question, and we have not received a response. Layla, thank you. This is, thank you, Poppy, this is bizarre. Like, I know. What I are know. We, what are we doing here? I mean, this, I feel like we're going back. I feel like I'm watching a bad version of like Pleasantville where you're, I, I don't get what's happening. It feels like the 1950s all over again with like book banning. This is, this yeah. is cancel culture 
from people who are, I guess they just want our kids to be ignorant and to control the teachers. It is, uh, this is outrageous. I, I, I don't, I really don't even know how to explain what's going on here. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, or another country. I mean, Layla, you're, you're a parent, you're a new parent. I got, you know, kids just starting to read. And when I read this in your reporting, that a teacher can face a felony if they knowingly distribute anything not approved by these DOE trained professionals. Like, that is stunning. You open your piece and the books are covered with paper? That's happening in American classrooms. It's, wow. Right, and, and, and Poppy and, and Don, I should add, in Pinellas County, one of the things that came up in that, in that uh, school board meeting was a recent removal of a book just within the last month. That book was Bluest Eyes by Toni Morrison. Um, yep. and, and, and that became part of that debate uh, that there is a Nobel Peace Prize author whose book is, is being pulled. But from the other side, you have parents who say, I'm not comfortable with some of that material. I should know what is in my classroom. And this is a book that uh, deserves, yeah. in their opinion, further scrutiny. And just to be clear, I know we got to go, but I'll be clear. I do think parents need a voice in this. I'm a parent who wants a voice in education. But I also think there's a lot that... But this isn't about a voice grow, in education, yeah. Poppy. I think that is, I think that's a red herring. Uh, listen, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think that's a red herring because there are lots of uncomfortable topics that are in books. You didn't let me finish. Nazism. I was Mein just Kong, gonna say all of it. Right. Uh, I was just gonna yeah. say that was the second Go part on. of my thought, Don. Is but I want my kids to read things that are uncomfortable to talk about and have these yeah. hardest conversations at home mm. and in the classroom. So. That's how we learn about, that's how we learn. Things are uncomfortable. That clip was provided by CNN Politics. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The persons who are going to be trained to vet the books that will be allowed into the classrooms. <laughs> Before I even get there, well, I can take it from there too. But all these books that have been removed, are the personnel going to sit down and read every single one of these books? Now, I do agree that children should be reading age appropriate, but a child who is six years old, was reading at home before even going to elementary school, is able to read at a fourth grade level. How are you going to determine what is age appropriate for my child? I think what we're trying to do is have everyone progress at the same pace. That's what I see happening and it's impossible. Some children are more advanced than others. Some naturally, some because of what they're exposed to. There are some homes that encourage stimulating conversation, that encourage children to be able to think, reason, and argue. There are homes that do that. So when, who is to determine what is age appropriate for my six-year-old versus Donald's six-year-old? I might think that what you're trying to put on my child is going to hold my child back. Or I might think it is way too advanced for my child. So 
where does the balance in the scales come in? DeSantis said his budget will include $15 million to restructure new college and higher faculty. But um, let's go back to these schools. I don't agree with children at four and five and six learning about sex. I don't agree. That's a conversation parents need to have with their children. Uh, don't allow anyone to touch you. And you introduce it in an age-appropriate way for them so that they're able to protect themselves. And should anyone do anything that causes them discomfort or causes them to feel uncomfortable, they ought to feel comfortable coming to the parents to report it. There's a way to go about that. I would hope that there is no school that is being showing explicit information to to very young children. I, I would hope so. Right? There is a difference between teaching sex and teaching acceptance. Could it be that people are confusing the two? Remember that nursery rhyme we learned when we were going to Sunday school for those of us who went? Or you may have heard your, your grandparents, your parents may have taught it to you. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. What, what, what is that nursery rhyme teaching? What is it teaching? Accepting everybody for who they are. Zero discrimination. That's what it is teaching. We could sit and argue biology versus religion, but we're not going to do that. That's a rabbit hole we're not going to get into. And I understand the concept of age appropriate. But I just want to know who is sitting down and going to read every single book. Can we trust the teachers? You, you trust them to teach your children. They're there from what how many hours in a day on average are your children in the care of a of a of a teacher? Hmm? How many hours? Six to eight, right? Roughly. So I would trust that the teachers, before putting the books in the libraries, in the classrooms, in the classroom libraries, would make sure they're selecting appropriate material. I have gone to parent-teachers meetings in classrooms. I have seen books on the shelves, and they look good to me. Diverse, a representation of every culture. Books that depict Asian families, white families, Hispanic families, black families. And that is needed there. You need to teach children about diversity. Because it teaches them how to accept other people. What we don't want to be teaching them 
is hate. Alienation, segregation. We don't want to teach them that. So while I will support removing sex and sex acts, making sure that isn't there, I will support diversity. Everybody is different. Every single body is different. What I've taught my children, you do not, well, not I, myself and my husband, we have taught our children to accept people for who they are. Be respectful of people, regardless of their race, age, ethnicity, origin, sexual orientation, everything. We have taught them to be accepting of people. You don't have to agree, but you will respect people as you seek to be respected. It's a two-way street. In the work world, we can't sit here and say we don't like white people, but we work for them. We happily show up to their jobs and accept their paychecks. We depend on their paychecks, don't we? So let us be careful what it is that we promote and project. You don't have to agree, but be respectful. Governor Ron DeSantis, a child who is in college is an adult. They're free to choose to live their life however they please. Denying them access to education is a problem. Sounds as though we're pedaling backwards. And I agree with Sunet. Critical race theory is taught at the high level. What are you afraid of, DeSantis? On the point of the books you mentioned, um, and to a mix of the DEIJ that he's trying to eliminate from universities, in my child school, in my city, my city is ma majority white. Most cities are majority white and across the U.S., except for, you know, small enclaves where they're mostly people of color. The city I live in is mostly a white city. My school, my child school then is mostly a white school. My child goes to private school. I've not made that quiet. I've not had any fear of that. She goes to a private school because that was the best choice for us right. when we moved to the, the city. And... um this year, this school year, for the first time, her school hired a DEIJ lead. So for the previous 30 years that the school was, was in existence, they were comfortable with it being a majority white school. And, they, and so, yes, there's a trickling of people of color, small percentages. But this year as it has become quite popular, they've finally hired someone to do this job. And a young woman is hired and she is exceptional. And she is trying her best to get the message out that the school is inclusive. Although they never said you are not welcome. They've never 
outerly in their side of their say face go you are not welcome they've always i've always seen that they do that but having hired someone to do this job speaks volumes to not just me but every other parent of color who has children of color and not all the parents of children of color are of color themselves right. as there's adoption and other things just to, right. I'm trying to clarify and be as clear as possible so there's now a parents DEIJ group which I am a, a member of course they mentioned it says of course I want to stand up for my child because when I when I saw her school list of reading material this year in the third grade I saw that the majority of the books were white not just white white and old written back in the 30s 20s some of them were the 50s 60s some in the 80s but they were old and white and did not express anything that looked like my child so part of working as a DEIJ parent i'm working in the library to help make sure that there are more books with diverse characters diverse characters and they are based on ethnicity place of origin gender gender identities and a number of other things so what i'm doing is going to the library i try so every friday if i can make it or if the librarian has the time and help put those little descriptions because the books were there some of them were there although the, the library is also the librarian excuse me is also very much involved and she has bought additional books and she's gone to read to research and gone to um conferences they're buying more books to make to explain this that we are not all plain white blue-eyed blonde brown-eyed brown hair we're different right. so it's important for people to see themselves in what they're reading in all facets of who they are so like, this this makes me so angry mm-hmm. and i'm i'm trying to hold it together <laughs> i know and, 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 and my 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 cousin is living down in the state of Florida with a 13-year-old and I want to call her and say get back to New York mm-hmm. or make sure you're supplementing her education at home because but I know she's busy she's a busy busy mom and she's working and everything are you helping to make sure that she doesn't get lost because I've seen pictures of her and her friends and they don't look like her mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything wrong with you not having friends that look like you but I want you to also know that you are important and you as yourself and the color that you exist in is important. So like I'm sorry I'm sounding preacher and I don't want no, to no, be, no, 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 but no, no, this 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 affect this affects the children when they grow up. We are not living when we did back in 19 we did these children are not born in 1975. They're born in 2000 in the 2000. So they don't have to be treated the way we were and just get over it. They should get it immediately. They should be able to do everything they want to do right now and learn who they are and be who they are who what who they feel like they are in their skin and in their minds and in their hearts so it how people like DeSantis and his cronies and cronies can can have such loud voices and then they they're able to shatter the voices of other people who care about these these young people it burns my butt like uh-huh. it's it, it's angering and i hope these people i hope families have the time and it's hard when you're a single parent or when you both have to work and you can't supplement your child's education and you expect it from your school and you don't get the support from the people who lead these educational facilities but 
I know I said about 14 different things and I'm like jumbling and I apologize okay. for that. That's but okay. it, it, I, I really need us to support our children and children around us. Javette made a great point. Her baby is no longer a baby, but she has access to younger ones. And if we have the time to give help to those who we have access to, we should with love and care and freedom without adding the hate. Yeah. I'm done speaking. Thank you so much, Sanat. Thank you. Thank you. Um, business and tech news. Apple is under fire. Apple has infringed on worker rights, according to NLRB investigators say. Apple has illegally imposed rules on its employees that prohibit them from discussing their wages and engaging in other protected activity, according to investigators at the National Labor Relations Board. The findings by NLRB agents determined that various work rules, handbook rules, and confidentiality rules at Apple are unlawful because they reasonably tend to interfere with, restrain, or coerce employees who attempt to assert their labor rights. That's according to NLRB spokesperson Kayla Blado when speaking with CNN on Tuesday. The probe involved several allegations dating to 2021, some of which accused Apple of interfering with employee attempts to collect salary data and of suppressive activity that has enabled abuse and harassment of organizers. One of the charges claimed Apple had maintained work rules that prohibit employees from discussing wages, hours, and other terms or conditions of employment. Apple declined to comment. The agency findings were first reported by Bloomberg. But that's nothing new. I know here in Florida, um, I had my finger here. I'm sorry. I had my um thing here in Florida where you can't talk about salary in some companies. You could lose your job. So what Apple is doing is nothing new. I don't know about in other states. But yeah, you can't talk about um, anything to do with wages, hours, terms and conditions of employment. None of that. But there's a reason why they do it. It's a, it's a form of divide and conquer. It's a way to, for, for them not to be exposed. The disparities, the inequality. Same job, sometimes Javette may be doing way more than me, but I'm getting paid way more than her. And she's way more qualified than me. It happens. Favoritism also comes into play and they have to cover that up. The boss likes Javette, doesn't care for me too much. But Javette gets, even though Javette is an average performer, Javette will get the 10% increase and I only get 2%. They don't want you talking about those things because it will highlight the inequalities that exist in the, in the workplace. It happens, you know, it happens. Yeah. Apple. Hmm. Instagram's founders are back with a new app story courtesy of CNN. More than four years after Instagram's founders left the company, they're back with a new app. Kevin Sistrom and Mike Krieger on Tuesday announced the launch of Artifact, an app that promises a personalized news feed powered by, you got it, 
artificial intelligence. In an Instagram post, Krieger said he and Sistrom have been working with a talented team for more than a year to launch the service. We're gradually letting people in as we scale up. A wait list to join opened to the public on Tuesday. Unlike Instagram, the app is more focused on articles rather than photos. Artifact will recommend. Let me get it right. Will recommend content based on interests and allow for discussion with friends, according to Platforma, which was first to report the launch. A main feed will display popular articles from large media organizations down to smaller bloggers, and a user's feed will grow more personalized based on what they click on. Hmm. Anybody else heard about Artifact? I don't think so. Okay. All right. So I'm going to check it out. Um, platformers have described Artifact as TikTok for text and possibly even a surprise attack on Twitter. Oh, it's another text. And nobody wants to text anymore. Who texts? <laughs> who texts? Huh? Who, who texts? People voice now. Voice, voice, voice. Okay, so I won't even bother waste my time. Real quick, let me squeeze this one in. As mass layoffs spread, tech workers are flocking to this app. CNN is reporting in the week before Microsoft publicly announced plans to cut 10,000 jobs. Thousands of workers at the tech giant who were eager for any information about the looming layoffs joined a professional networking site and no not linkedin which microsoft which microsoft owns but blind uh yeah blind never heard about them some six thousand microsoft employees signed up for accounts on blind an anonymous network between january 13 and january 18 according to internal data shared with cnn by the startup Employees used the service to speculate about when the layoffs would come, which departments might get hit, and comfort those who were concerned. Anybody else familiar with that one? Hmm. So two. No, that's new ones too. Yeah, blind. So blind has emerged as a lifeline for tech workers seeking information and and advice. Uh, what sets Blind apart from LinkedIn, which is also having a moment as more people in tech and media are now hashtag open for work, is that it lets employees commune about their workplace anonymously, often leading to more candid discussions about some of America's biggest companies. Blind members verify that they work at a particular company by signing up with a small with a work email address. Okay. It's an it's a it's an information sharing forum for verified professionals. Okay, that's it in a nutshell. All right, folks, it is that time. I can't believe the time did run off really quick. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Wish Don't worry, I can't stay on. I'll level fifty-seven <laughs> by my side. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my gosh, there's this one story I want to share with Clubhouse before I go. So hang in there, Clubhouse. I'll be right back with you. to say thank you to everyone that logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com johnoradio.com and everyone who joined me here on clubhouse after all this is where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you were listening to coffee into world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views remember for quality music while you work or play keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com and download that jano radio app j-a-h-k-n-o jano radio take us on the go the app is available in the apple and google play stores Clubhouse, I'll be right back with you. PMZ Radio, Jano Radio, this is Moments with me, signing out.